Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Big Sills! Football Friday. Hard to believe it's the final week, regular season of the NFL. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you know what that means? When things go fast like that, that means it's been entertaining this year. When things drag on, most of the time they're not entertaining. That's why we say we got like the fastest four hours in television when you come here each and every single day. And by the way, we thank you very much for choosing us. I know you have many options and you come here and most of you come here each and every single day, and we so thank you. It's kind of like the first week, as I said a couple of days ago, for the start of the 2024 life, right? I mean, this is the new week, and this is kind of the new year. So it's been quite a week for the Eagles. It's been quite a week. Quite a week. Really quite a month. I'll tell you something. Now you're 48 hours removed. From listening to A.J. Brown and the media try to dissect A.J. Brown. You know, it's a great lesson. Tone and I were just talking about journalism a little bit and broadcasting on where things land and how people talk. And when you're an orator and you're a guy who's trying to convey a point and you want it to land in a certain place, you got to be careful on the type of words you use. Believe me. You know, it's one of the reasons, hey, just so you know, Tone, it's one of the reasons I write things down now. Because if I see the words that I'm going to say, I don't go off a script or anything, but if I at least see what I'm going to say, I kind of keep control of my verbiage. Instead of just going half cocked off on some sort of tangent, using words that probably aren't appropriate, I kind of now see it. It, it. It's not editing myself. It's just making sure it lands where I want it to. And I'm getting to a point here. We'll look at Eagles and Giants. We're going to look at the future of the Eagles here in a second. But I I, want to throw this at you here, what I took away this week from A.J. Brown and the media coverage. You know, I, I really want to point this out to you before we get going. There's no doubt that athletes and media people are completely different people. Media people pretend that they're dime store psychiatrists and they try to dissect how a player looks, 
how a player sounds, how a player acts, and they write their narratives off that. A guy like A.J. Brown, he just wants to go out and play ball. He don't care what he looks like. He doesn't care at times what he sounds like. And sometimes most athletes don't care how they act. Most of them just want to be gauged on their performance. You see, media people, all of that's important to them. Athletes, it's not. That's why when AJ says something or Darius Slay says something, the media people dissect it like they're psychiatrists or like they're psychologists and try to form a narrative off of something that kid didn't mean it to land there. And I think that's what A.J. Brown is. A.J. Brown looked at himself as a leader. You got guys that are writing columns and making inferences that he's a monster. How how he sees the media people looking at him as a monster. Athletes don't care about that. They'll wear their hat backwards. That's not important to them. It's important to media people how they look, how they sound, how they present themselves. Athletes, no one cares. They just want to go on a football field and play. And there lies the difference in the coverage on how you cover a guy like AJ or T.O. You'll make your own assessment, your dime store psychologist or psychiatrist opinion of a player, even though you have no credibility. It's like when you're going over the steroid era. Well, Bonds' head, it grew. What are you, a doctor? Of course you're not. You're just playing one in your column. Well, Bonds is on steroids. How do you know that, dude? You don't even have a college degree, and you're telling me and acting like a doctor? How would you know Bonds was on juice? Why? Because someone told you? That was always the rub that I had with that whole Bonds coverage. Okay? You get a guy writing a column about Barry Bonds taking steroids who didn't even graduate college or went to night school. Nothing wrong with that. But to sit there and try to tell me you've got some sort of doctorate and you're some sort of doctor and you know why Bonds, his strength and his eyes and all this and that, it was preposterous listening to people. But this is what today's media and this is what the media do. They, they psychoanalyze you. And they tried to psychoanalyze A.J. Brown this week. Dude, let the kid go out and play. I'll tell you what, if this thing does get turned around, A.J. Brown's going to be called a leader. He's going to be called an, in, an integral part of what turned that thing around. Hey, we're all hoping for that. I'm hoping A.J. Brown connected with his team and his team went, shit, you're right. Aren't you? I am. I am. Dude, it's the media that makes it a circus. It's not the players. The players are trying to calm the water. The front office is a circus because they're not football people. Look at what you have. You have non-football people covering the team and non-football people directing the team. And you got the players in the middle with the coaches. What did you think you were going to get in Philly? <laughs> A great mixture? 
that you have in Philadelphia, non-football people with your analytics department and non-football people that cover the team. Yeah, I'm sure that's a good remedy for a team that's in a Chernobyl meltdown right now. Is it normal for a GM to be in team meetings? Goddard said how he is in every team meeting. That is absolutely the most asinine thing. I've never seen a general manager in every team meeting. Mom, but he didn't really say that. Please tell me that's not true, that the general manager is in every team meeting. Because if the general manager is in every team meeting, that means he's in every meeting when it comes to putting the game plan together. Howie Roseman is involved in the game plan too. Good grief. Know your role, son. Know your role. He didn't really say that, did he? Mamba. Dallas Goddard said that Howie Roseman is in every team meeting. I wanted to be positive today. That guy is an ass clown. He is a clown. I saw him at the practice, and that's all right. I've seen GMs at practice. What could he possibly add to a team meeting? It undermines Nick Sirianni. It's like Jerry Jones showing up at team meetings. It undermines Mike McCarthy or any coach who ever takes the helm. My goodness. Man, this guy is so over his skis. It's insane. Howie Roseman is over his skis. Get this. Think about what Goddard did today. AJ saying that Nick made that story up in Seattle. Goddard telling everyone that Howie's in every team meeting. Jalen talking about accountability. AJ having to talk to the media to straighten things out. These players are fed up with the front office. I don't even really think it's the coaching staff. Holy cow. Dallas Goddard said that Howie is in every meeting. Why? Why? What could you possibly add to a defensive team meeting? What insight could you possibly... That makes me know now the size decision on being yanked as D coordinator was 1000% Howie Roseman's decision, not Nick Sirianni. He told Nick to make the move so that he could, as my friend Tone would say, technically, it was Nick who removed him. Mamba goes, yes, it's on tape. Man, 
Howie Roseman's in every team meeting. Shit, I was going to break shit down here. I, I don't know. Why? What's the point? What's the point? I heard Tone and Rob Ellis for three hours talking and trying to find the good in this. And when you got people in the front office undermining your coaching staff and your players, what's the point? Here. Here is Howie Roseman's superstar strength. Contracts, finding veteran players. And I'm actually, I was going to give the guy a lot of kudos here. And we're probably going to do that. Because I think the one thing, the few things that he does well, he finds underutilized players. Hey, by the way, you guys are out of your mind. I don't think Kevin Byard's been that awful. I think he's been exactly what we thought he was going to bring. He's better than anything they had. Not saying that he's superstar, but he's better than anything they had. What did you think you were going to find, Ronnie Lott? Seriously, what did you think you were going to find? A Hufanga? What, 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 what were you looking for? Brian Dawkins? What did, what did you think you were going to find in a trade midpoint of the season? You, you're making it sound like you were going to bring in Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham and turn those guys into Harry Carson and Lawrence Taylor. That's what you get when you go further in the season. Hey, get this, 30D, Byard of 2016. It's better than anything you got in 2023. I'll take Byard 2016. It's better than the shit you had back there lining up. That's what I'm saying. You overestimated what the impact of these players were going to mean when they brought him in. You overvalued your own evaluation. Okay? Every time you make a move, you think that move is gold, and it's not. Sometimes you got to bring a little bronze in. Sometimes you got to look at what's out there. But what you do is you pat yourself on the back. That's what this guy likes doing, patting himself on the back. Dude, all I give a shit about here going into the playoffs, if this team could kind of slow people down. Hey, get this. The Eagles could go far if they can hold teams under 400 yards in total offense. Yeah. I saw the Colts do that one year. I saw the Colts get to a Super Bowl with a horrible defense. Just keep them under 400 yards. See what happens. You might be able to do so. I don't know. Dallas Goddard said that Howie Roseman's in every single meeting today. That just confirms it even more so. That guy thinks he knows every single thing about football and he don't know shit about it. He's an accountant. I just rewatched the reporter asked Howie in the meeting when AJ spoke to the team. Goddard said Howie is in every team meeting. Thank you, Mamba. Howie's in every team meeting. 
What is a general manager doing in every team meeting? Your job is, that's not your job title. Your job title is personnel, cutting contracts, helping in the hiring of assistant and head coaches, not micromanaging. That's micromanaging. Jesus, criminy. Mamba, you took me in a different area, man. I cannot believe that the players are now subtly talking and telling you they've had it. I think personally, the players want this season to end. That dude, Marcus, I'm not going to go with that word. Dude, the ge- I've never seen a general manager in any pro football organization in every team meeting, defense, offense, D-line meetings. I've never seen that in the history of the pro football hall of fame, coaches, anybody. I have never seen that in my life. He's in team meetings. Your guy's a bum. I have no respect for that guy. You know why? Because he doesn't have respect for his coaches. Let them do their job. Man. Do do you know what the right thing to do right now is if you're a coach and you're a head coach? Hey, Sills, will Hurts get the win on Sunday and break the Eagles' all-time season passing record over 4K? I think it's 4,035. He needs like 197 yards to get to 4K. I think it's 4,065 or 35, the Eagle record for the single-season passing mark. So um, will he throw for two? It probably has to throw for like 250. Will they keep him in that long? Okay. I don't know. I, I, I don't know because I think they'll be somewhat scoreboard watching. Okay. Do I think he throws for 200 yards? I don't know how the game will play out. Okay. For them to allow him. That record's not important compared to his health. 4,039, so he needs roughly around 238 yards passing, 237, something like that, or 233 to uh, pass uh, Wentz, 234. I don't know. It's just going to depend, okay? It's just going to depend on how I think the Cowboy game plays out. Dan, please keep dog. I immensely respect your opinion on football. It's why I listen. But when you dog us, we win. So please keep. <laughs> okay. You win? You've lost four or five. And as I told you, you weren't the team that you were when you were 10 and 1. <laughs> what do you mean? Hey. Hey, nuts. You've lost four or five. Okay. 
They've lost four or five. LJ asks a great question. My bosses don't talk to me at all. They trust me to put a show on. I don't have show meetings. I have big sales meetings. They trust me. That's what good managers do. You hire a guy who you think is super talented, and you let him do his job. Now, if I had, like, multiple guys with me, sure, I'd want to have a conversation, but I would have that conversation. Bosses don't sit in my meetings. So no, LJ. Ask Joe Bell. Bosses don't sit in my meetings. I make the decision on the content. My name's on the marquee. My boss doesn't sit there and go, yeah, you should say this or you should say that. It doesn't work that way, kid. They trust me. Unlike Philly. They don't trust their coaches. Sad. 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 Let's move on. Oh, wait. You know, one thing I got to give my good friends before that come on with Sports Take with Tone and Rob. They got great content. They got great content. Dude, um, Birch365 does a great job. Okay? Bill does a nice job. Our post-game show is sensational. It's the best in the city. Everybody's different. I love the different shows that we have on our network. I think it's the best network that you have in Philly by far. Because we're not cheerleaders to the football team. We're not cheerleaders to anybody, really. But you know what I... And, and there's a part of me that agrees. And Tone will be on with us at 3.30, and he can, he can fire back at this. But most of them are like, you're not good enough to take and sit the players. What's more important right now? Surrendering the East and resting your guys? The aging veteran guys that you've... Like Josh Sweat? Jordan Davis, who've played more reps than they have in their entire career and basically give them a week off and a bye or to play them in a Giants game where they'll probably have to play 60 minutes if you're going to try. And get this, the Cowboys win, it would have been counterproductive. Doesn't it make sense to surrender and concede the East? More so than trying to sit there and pray that Washington loses. What's more important to you? Winning the East? You're still going to be a wild card team. You're still going to have to play in the wild card. Now you get it at home, but you don't get the rest. But if you rest the guys, you get the rest, and you got to play in the opening round anyway. And you're on AstroTurf up in New York with a chance to get guys injured. 
doesn't it make more sense to concede the East fundamentally and sit, guys? Give Hertz a break? Uh, maybe you throw Hertz out there to try to get that 4K. Okay? And I got to tell you something else. Let's get into it. Why it makes sense to concede the East. I'm going to show you why. You're going to win the game anyway. Let's, let's get into how I see this thing play out. Eagles are a massive freefall team right now. You think a week off would be helpful or hurtful? Just to get your shit together. I mean, you're getting ready for the postseason, and you're, you haven't even really talked about the Giants this week. I don't think starters should play on that field in that weather. There's a Nor'easter rolling in, too. You know, you know what? The, here, tell me if you agree with this. The only thing that the Giants didn't do two weeks ago was complete the comeback like Arizona did because they played pretty well in the second half, did they not? Okay. Didn't they play pretty well in the second half when Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor had, didn't he get 400 yards in offense last week? Dude, I'll tell you what. Tyrod Taylor, pretty good player. He's not a horrible player. Okay, I mean, should you surrender and concede the East? Put your guys out there that you think need playing time. And you got to remember something else. Think about this as you, and before you answer this question. Okay? The Giants really have to consider their draft position. If things work out where they lose this game to Philly, do you know there's a great possibility that the Giants could go from the fifth pick to the second pick in the April draft? Giving them more latitude on whether they should stick with Daniel Jones, draft a quarterback, get pieces around him. How about signing Marvin Harrison Jr., if you're in New York, for Daniel Jones? Why in the world would you want to win that game? If you win, you lose. And just to say, hey, we beat the Eagles, and I lose draft position is not something I think the front office would be thinking is a good move since the Giants have made shitty moves in the last 10 years. Why would they want to win that game? What is in the New York Giants' best interest in winning that game? When there's a chance they could go as high as two in the NFL April draft. Giant players are playing for their jobs. I'm going to give Kathy a Philadelphia Eagle 
history lesson. Guys were playing for their jobs, Kathy. When you guys were 4-11-1 and one and how we sat the entire room, including Jalen Hurts, they pulled starters because he wanted a better draft pick. You forget that? Kathy, he fixed the game so that he could get better draft positioning. Or did you forget that? How he did it. Why would the Giants want to win that game? How he pulled the starters in that fight. I want to take a look at Nate Sudfeld. Sure, Howie. Sure. Sure. Giant players are worried about finding another job. Kathy, you're under the impression that the Giant players control their own destiny when the general manager and an organization decides to sit a guy. Here's what I would do. I would sit Barkley. What's the point? Why would I put more tread on a guy that I may be trying to trade? He signed a one-year tenor, which means he's going to be a free agent. If I'm Barkley, why would I play? To get hurt on that turf in a meaningless game? Why would I play? Why? Because I've got pride? Great. Well, i got a family to feed. And i got a bank account to put money in. And i got a career I'm trying to extend. James, I heard that. Oh, you bet. By the way, James, did you see that pathetic um, interview that John Kincaid did with Adam Shifter? Adam uh, Shifter, and did you did you see what he said? They 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 positioned it like it was a report. It was an opinion that Nick Sirianni's job is safe. That's an opinion. That's not a report. Adam Schefter is not an opinion guy. He's supposed to be reporting. But what they've done is they've collided both. And now you don't know what he's saying most of the time. That's not a report that Nick Sirianni's job is safe. That's an opinion. And I don't give a shit about Adam Schefter's opinion. I only care when he talks about inside reports like Jay Glazer does. I don't give a shit about his opinion. Why would I listen to Adam Schefter? He has no opinion I care about. The only thing I go to him for is his reporting on player movement. But when you start colliding that, you start crossing over again who you are and how you are being received by people. Basically, you're bullshitting people. Yeah, Jay Glazer doesn't put his opinion on it. He reports who he talks to. That's what makes him better. Correct, Cody? 
That's correct. Adam Schefter puts his opinion on it. And so 97.5, the fanatic positioned it like it was a report that Sirianni's job is, he's not, and his job is not safe. That was just the dude's opinion. It's an opinion. Okay? You, so you actually think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to tell Adam Shifter, Adam Shifty, Adam Shefter, that guy's so bad at his job. Jay Glazer's great. Because he doesn't throw opinion into it. And he doesn't skew his job title. I have no respect for that guy. It's the same guy that put out there on a tweet, Jason Pierre-Paul's medical records, and also when he blew his fingers off, he illegally, people don't report this, ESPN had to write a check for $8 million to Jason Pierre-Paul because of the HIPAA violation that he had by putting his personal records out there for the public to see. That guy doesn't give a shit about the players. He was putting out there in public Jason Pierce Paul's personal medical information, which is private in this country. That's a reporter? Okay. Sure. How'd you like your private health records put out there by a guy trying to get to a story first so that he could tell you it came from him. Got a medical condition, and this guy's putting it out there. It's the biggest shit that you can go wrong on when it comes to players. He's putting a player's medical information out there for the public to see. Look, you might want to take the Giants in the points here. It's four and a half, I think. Um, I think the Eagles win this game 2017. But you might want to take the four and a half. I think this is going to be a sloppy football game in the weather. I think this is going to be a sloppy football game all around. I think the players have surrendered. I think the organization has surrendered. I think the coaching staff has surrendered. And they're going to beat them because they're better but not by much because what, what the problem is now with the Eagles, I'm not sure they care enough to be champions. I, I just don't know if they care enough. I just don't know if they care enough. That's where I'm at. I just don't know if this guy I, I just don't know if they care enough. Do, do you think that that team has a Super Bowl mentality and a championship mentality right now where you would go into the postseason going, that team right there is one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl? Nobody in their right mind would put that football team in a position right now where you would think that that's a Super Bowl team. 
because they don't believe it. You got a general manager in every single team meeting. I've never heard of such a thing. I have never heard of such a thing. I could give you a great example of this. You think Bruce Allen or any of those guys in Tampa, when they won the Super Bowl with Rich McKay and them guys, do you think those guys were sitting in team meetings? I know for a fact they weren't because I was in some of those meetings. They, You think Rich McKay sits in meetings, defensive meetings, game plan meetings? Absolutely not. He has never in his life been in one of those meetings, ever. As a matter of fact, I know Kevin Demoff and Les Snead very well in Los Angeles. They're never in any of those meetings, ever, unless invited. Unless invited by Sean McVay. I know that for a fact. I know, I've, known Sean Mc, I've known Sean McVay since he was 12 years old. I have never seen such a thing. I have never. Hey, I know John Lynch. You think John Lynch sits in team meetings with Kyle Shanahan? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know what he's doing? He's setting up the draft board, free agency for March 17th, contract negotiations. Do you know the only thing that, the only thing that general managers are doing right now is determining if you're a bad football team, should we play a player to get an incentive that he may be rolling on? 2013 Ravens were in the same boat as us, lost four or five. <laughs> You're comparing the Ravens and the Eagles when you have John Harbaugh and Ozzie Newsom as your GM versus Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman as yours. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Those are grown-ups. Okay, those are grown-up men. And by the way, I wouldn't mind Ozzie Newsom in my team meeting. He's a Hall of Fame player. Okay, I mean, hey, if Ozzie wants to step into an offensive meeting and he sees something that could help a tight end, I might want to listen to that. I, I might want to listen to Ozzie. Not as he one of the greatest general managers of all time, but he's also one of the greatest NFL tight ends of all time. Okay. You got a general manager in every team meeting. What an ass clown. It, it, I mean, no wonder nobody says anything. Dude, stop with who's going to be the coach. Should the coach be fired? What are you going to do? <laughs> Just stop it. Stop it. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. The inability for you to be consistently great, you can't and you're not able to because you're not capable of it. I now know who you are. You're not capable of consistently being great. You have no chance of it. You can't. You're not capable. You don't have the propensity for being great consistently. You can't maintain greatness. 10 and 1, you fell off the map. There was a great example of it. 
You went as far as you could. Then it fell apart. Perfect example. This year is a prime example of the lack of maintaining success. Right there in a nutshell. 10 and 1. You fell off the map. Most good teams can rally themselves. Like San Francisco, three-game losing streak. See, those people all had injuries. Buffalo had bad coaching. And they righted the ship. What's your excuse? What? what is, think about this. The, the, the two best teams now, because they've won, they have won their home field advantages, right? The Ravens and the um, 49ers. I mean, didn't the Ravens lose to the Colts this year? Am I right, Tone? Didn't the Ravens lose to the Colts in overtime? I thought there was like a blown call in that game late. I think it was like an overtime game. They lost to the Colts. If I'm not mistaken, I think that team lost to the Colts. Not that the Colts are bad. Not that the Colts are bad. But I I think that Ravens team lost to that Colts team. Think about that. What'd they do? Rally the troops. Made more things simpler. The 49ers have a three-game losing streak. Okay? Injuries. What's your excuse? Howie was my boy a week ago. Howie's never been my boy. Remember something. He's phenomenal at writing contracts. He's phenomenal at finding undervalued veteran players on rosters. Stick to it, kid. As a drafter, he blows. As a meddler, he's awful. He's hit and miss on everything he does. Coaches, players. Coaches, players. Coaches, players. Here, here's a great example of it. Is this not his MO? Hit on Shane Steichen, hit on Jonathan Gannon, missed on Brian Johnson, missed on Sean Desai. I mean, what else do you need to know? What else do you need to know? Seals hates Howie. He's a Florida guy. Could be some truth to that. Could be some truth to that. Okay? Not another fill. I wish Dan was wrong, but he's correct. This is why we aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. You know what's crazy, too, Philly fan? You could have. If you just did the right thing. Get TJ the money. Do you know, hey, hey, Philly fan, do you know that TJ Edwards is just as important on your defense as Roquan Smith and Fred Warner are to their teams? And some idiots will say, Cilio is now saying TJ Edwards is as good as those players. And if you have any kind of common sense and brains, you didn't hear me say that. I'm talking about impact. I'm talking about impact on the defense. Is TJ Edwards as good as those? Look, I don't have to quantify that. Any common sense idiot would know that that's not the case. 
but his impact. And you know what you guys did? All of you in here were telling me that Kobe Dean was going to be the guy I told you was a bum. That's not fair. I'm going to take that back. It's not fair to the kid. Okay? I'm going to take that back. Sorry, dude. I blame the general manager for putting him in a position to make him look like a bum. He was not ready. I said it from day one. 99% of you in here were telling me he's a molecular engineer or he's some bullshit smart. I don't give a shit about that. Has he played? No. Is he going to be the Mike linebacker? Yes. Okay. He's never played it. 34 plays is never played it. Mop-up duty. You give him the green dot. The two, the two mistakes you made at that position was entrusting in a guy who can't sustain being a healthy player. First and foremost, you don't even know if he's good or bad. You don't even know if he's good. All you know this for a fact is he can't stay healthy. So you missed on that. Then you let a productive player go that you found and you developed. And you didn't want to pay him five million bucks more than what you were paying him. He was making one five. You didn't want to pay him five million more? Well, he wanted to go home. Stop that. You know how you make a player stay? Give him more money. Dude, look at what they did in Cleveland. They extorted Deshaun Watson. He was never going to play in Cleveland. You gave him more money and a guarantee. Great teams all have former players in the front office. Yeah, and you got bookworms. And you got bookworms. Bookworms. I, I find that combat, Mamba, to be an absolute disgrace to the – why have a leadership council when the general manager's in your meetings every day? Dallas Goddard told you, basically, a meddling general manager is in the way every day. That – can I tell you this, guys? Hey, Khalid, we now know what the problem is. It's Howie. The players have a problem with Howie Roseman. Firing this. Hassan Reddick said, yeah, we had a problem with, you know, the new scheme and all. Code. Howie fired at D.C., at 10 and 3. Goddard, you had a general manager's in every meeting. Don't you see it? The players are telling you what's going on. You're too dumb. Some of you not to see this. Thank you, James. 
Dude. They're telling you. They are telling you. The general manager is in the way. You've got players telling you. So the front office is in every meeting and he runs back to tell Jeffrey Lurie what's going on in team meetings. My show? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? Doesn't matter who you hire. Doesn't matter what you do. This is going to be done their way. You can't think like football people. You've got to think the way that they act. So... No matter what it is, you can't think like a football person that is going to maintain success. Know this. My prediction of a five-win football team will be a fact in two years. You're a five-win football team in five years. No, two years. Excuse me. Five-win team in two years. Yeah, of course. You're trending there now. Wait till Kelsey retires. Thank God for Doug. This ain't going to be smooth. How is how he's good with contracts? That's about it. Winning a Super Bowl, give him. Here, I'll tell you this game time. Brian, you know what he's great at? Building a veteran roster. He's I, I'll, I'll give you this, Brian. Hey, look, he's great at contracts. I would give him a total raise for the contract that he Got Jalen Hurts, finding Gardner Johnson. Those are all strokes of genius going down into the rock. Those are great. That's a general manager's job. But I would also fire him for the rebuilding or the retooling of that defense and keeping the same scheme and not bringing a higher coordinator or a better coordinator in. That's a fireable offense too. Or putting a – and again, I want to be careful with Brian Johnson because you know why? I don't know if Brian Johnson could be a good coordinator or not. Look at Raheem. Raheem Morris now was not a very good head football coach. Here's a great example right here. Raheem Morris was in over his skis as the head football coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were hoping to get another Tony Dungy because it looked like it. Instead of getting the right guy. Raheem Morris now is one of the best candidates to be a head football coach, and I would hire him in 10 seconds as my head football coach. He would hire a great coordinator. He would, I would love to see him as the head coach of the Chargers. Raheem will know the mistakes he made. 
He is a quality man. Okay? He is a quality man. Great. But again, you've got to go to the right organization. Dallas Goddard is telling you your general manager is in every meeting. I don't get, I don't know, you know, I'm going to talk about potential free agents that Howie, and this is an area that I think he does do well in. Okay. And it's his show. I think Howie enjoys the offseason. Hey, do you guys agree? I think Howie Roseman enjoys the um, offseason more than the regular season. Because he's more of a star. Now Howie's at practice and in team meetings again. Is he the coach of the team? Is he the coach of your team? Hey, get this. Always remember something, folks. See, I won't be addressing people today. Some of you, most of you are are good. Okay? But when a person like me says something and it strikes a nerve and you've got to call a radio show or post something a billion times, you know you're working. Always remember that. It's called winning. Thank you, Charlie Sheen. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. We have, we have people that watch the show outside and inside the building. And you know what they do? They wake up every morning and they can't wait for two to six. So that they could type their little hearts out. Do you ever reach over and kiss your wife? <laughs> or is it just, hey, I got to get the sales. Jojo, go sales is like the NFL week to week. Yeah. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Jojo, yes, we finally agree. Yes. If you can have, wait a minute. The Eagles were the best team in the league seven months ago. Or no, wait. What was, hey, Tone, how far ago? How far ago were the Eagles the best team in the league? Two months ago? Then it was the Niners. Now it's the Ravens. The league flip-flopped? Okay. Here's another one. Who's a better quarterback? Lamar Jackson? It's a great one. Who's a better quarterback, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? Watch this. You want to see pathetic? Who's a better quarterback today, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? Who's a better quarterback? Wait a minute. 
pleasantly surprised. Yeah, but you guys are flip-flopping. You you guys are flip-flopping. Wait a minute. Last year it was Jalen, and it was Jalen. But some people would want to have you say that Jalen's the better player today. He's not. Isn't that flip-flopping? Yes or no? Mask, I didn't ask you if he was top five. I asked you who's better, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts today. Who's a better quarterback today? Was anything anybody said. Player performed. Player got better. One player regressed. Hey, and by the way, Josh Allen, I don't know about you, but Josh Allen has 42 touchdowns this year. (laughs) Okay? You could say whatever you want. Josh Allen has 42 touchdowns. Uh, 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 And 4,000 passing yards. I don't know about you. He's got one wide receiver, and that's it. And that guy has 42 touchdowns and 4,000 passing yards. Today, Lamar, it's not a debate. Anyone who feels differently is a liar. Yeah, but that just, I'm trying to make a, and I I know you know that I am here, Tone. It's a point, though. Of course, last year, Jalen was better. Of course. But certain people would want you to stick with that same narrative and go, Jalen's better. When no one in their mind would take him over Lamar Jackson right now. Nobody, not a person on the planet would. Nobody would. Allen needs more tools around him? Probably. That's why I thought Dalvin Cook would have been a good sign up there. Ravens do? Hey, Ravens have a top flight offensive line. Wait a minute. See what that guy just said? The Ravens have a top-flight offensive line. Well, if I'm not mistaken, don't you have three pro bowlers on yours? Am I, am I wrong when I say that? Don't you have three pro bowlers on, 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 on your O-line? You got three pro bowlers, don't you? There's three pro bowlers. Dickerson, Kelsey, and Lane. And you could even made the comment that I think Mulata should have been on that. Man, you are very inconsistent. Always find a way to justify your actions. I'm not inconsistent. I'm as inconsistent as the league is. And if that's where you're taking it, so be it, guy. The league is an inconsistent follow. Prince, whatever, dude. The same teams that start the season out in September are not the same teams that finish the year. And for you to make that comment, 
That's exactly the truth. And I'll take that as a compliment. You're damn right. The league is as inconsistent as I am because that's what I cover and that's what we all see. Okay? You're right. You're right. How about this? Your football team as inconsistent. Hey, do you think your football team has been inconsistent this year? At one time you were 10 and one, and now you've lost four or five. Is that inconsistent? One time we were talking about that team being a Super Bowl team. Now we're talking about the team being a one and done team. Is that a flip flop and inconsistent? Well, shit. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the way the NFL is. So, yes, Prince. Prince, I don't run from that because that's exactly what it is. You were 10 and 1, and now you've lost four or five. Is that a flip flop from us saying you were a Super Bowl team? And now we're talking you being a one and done team. Is that a flip flop? Well, shit, play better. got a guy in your team meeting you got a little guy the little guy sits in the team meeting here's Howie I wonder if he's in there to make sure there's no noise to keep everybody calm man I would hate that someone watching over me my general manager in my team meeting like that how uncomfortable that He must make that building uncomfortable. No wonder Chip put him in a broom closet. He must make that whole entire organization for the players completely uncomfortable. He just must make that room uncomfortable. You know that one guy you have in the room that just makes you uncomfortable? He's it. Okay? He's totally it. By the way, today... Our good friend Tone will join us at 3.30. We are going to check in with our friends up at the Rhode Island Hooters. Our friend Emily, big sports person, one of the iconic Hooter girls is going to join us. That will be at 4.30. The greatest of all time, the Philly Godfather, will join us and help you try to make yourself some big money. Absolutely, my friends. Hey, don't forget my friend Tone is throwing out a code word right now. Give you guys an opportunity to win yourself some merchandise and also some great gift certificates from our friends at Hooters. Absolutely sensational. Don't forget our lunch specials Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3. Boneless wings. Happy hours Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Listen, if you don't want to go into any of the places from Rhode Island, down through Jersey, Delaware, all the way to King of Prussia, you can go to the app at Hooters2Go.com, get the food, take it with you. Also, find out more information on where the locations are and all the great specials, plus the calendars we have. The 2024 calendars are out with $100 coupons that are inside. You can go to NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Hour number two. Keep it here, National Football Show.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. my god you have to hear this how much money does brock purdy make eight hundred seventy thousand dollars, according to deseret news brock purdy contract according to espn purdy will make eight hundred seventy thousand dollars in salary and bonuses for the 2023-24 season that's tied for last among quarterbacks who started the first game of the season the article noted Fully 20 quarterbacks make more than $870,000 per game this year, ESPN reported. 20 quarterbacks make $870,000 or more a game this year. <laughs> I, I want to hear that again. How much money does Brock Purdy make? $870,000. According to Deseret News, Brock Purdy contract. According to ESPN, Purdy will make $870,000 in salary and bonuses for the 2023-24 season. That's tied for last among quarterbacks who started the first game of the season, the article noted. 
Fully 20 quarterbacks make more than $870,000 per game this year, ESPN reported. Shit, if I'm the 49ers, I'm happy Trey Lance didn't work out. Not only do I get the financial relief and the fact that I don't have to pay the guy for another two years, I get that. I thought he made 900 at least. He makes 870. 870. Man, kudos to the 49ers. And John Lynch. Yes, sir, man. You want to know general managers this year? How about this, man? Nick Casario in Houston. Eric DaCosta in Baltimore. John Lynch in San Francisco. And Andrew Barry. Five quarterbacks in Cleveland this year. Those are your general managers that you'll pick from for the executive of the year, and not that bozo in Philly. Yeah, boy. Look at the job. They, Nick Casario, with a first-year head coach, could win the AFC South. Eric DaCosta pulled his franchise out of a mess a year ago, had to deal with the player's mom, that couldn't have been comfortable. Andrew Barry with five different quarterbacks taking the gamble on Flack. Maybe it wasn't a gamble. Maybe it was a sense of urgency. I don't know. And John Lynch finding Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's outplayed Jalen Hurts this year. He's the last player in the draft. Jalen Hurts makes 41 million, 42 more million dollars starting March than a guy who could win the Super Bowl. He'll make 42 more million than Brock Purdy. That's getting your money's worth, I'm telling you. That's getting your money's worth. That's called economically sound and safe. Hey, screw the three first rounders. Look at the money they get to save. The three first rounders completely hurt. But when you find a franchise quarterback, that covers that. And on top of that, the economic impact that he has on the roster were how he fails. Remember what I told you. Here's a great example of why the 49er roster is stronger than yours and will be stronger than yours for multiple years. Okay, Lamar would struggle with eagle management. He would, Nick. Here's why you can't sustain success. You ready? When you miss on a wide receiver like Jalen Rager, the economical impact is felt because your quarterback, you know, or your general manager covers it with a trade. And then he signs him to 20 million. I brought this up yesterday. In the last two years, you've put you've paid AJ Brown $40 million. That $40 million would not have been paid to Justin Jefferson if you had drafted the right receiver in the draft. 
that money in economics would have went to building your defense back up to bringing core guys in. And you could have spread that money around. The latitude, basically the 49ers are in the Tom Brady boat right now. Why is that? Well, Tom Brady was a six-round draft choice. They didn't have to pay him for three years. So what did they do? They took the economical impact, the economics, and the impact that it had, and they put it on the roster, and they built the roster up. They had a balanced roster. They put core guys in the building. Then eventually, they paid Brady. And as Brady developed, remember this, there's no Hall of Fame players that are any of those skilled position guys. Brady was the guy. Only skilled guy that they have that they won Super Bowls with is one, Gronk. And he was a second rounder. There's no impact guys that they played with offensively that were wide receivers, running backs, or any of those guys until later in Brady's career. They didn't spend any money. They spent it early when they could. They did the same thing with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Wilson was a third rounder. Matt Flynn was signed. He was a backup to Favre. Signed him to an $18 million contract. What did they do? He goes to, at the time, Paul Allen. Paul, this guy in the third round's better. (laughs) You had guys, Tavares Jackson, making more money than Russell Wilson for two years in Seattle. And he was taking teams to Super Bowls. Why? Economic impact on the roster. The 49ers, even with that Trey Lance nightmare, are in a better economic situation than anything Philadelphia ever have because you know why? They put the money back in the roster. They put core guys in the building. You have not one core guy. Well, you got two if you want to count them. Two core guys on defense. The rest of them, you have nobody that you could say with validity that will be here in five years outside of Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Nobody. Maybe Josh Sweat. You got three guys on that defense that you would consider core guys. The rest of them, mercenaries. That's why you don't have sustained success. Would you trade AJ for defensive help? No. No. Wait a minute. It's a good point, Billy Ray. It's a great point. You have really, that's a great point, Billy Ray. You know why? There's precedent. Billy Ray, there's precedent. Look at what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill because they didn't want to spend the money. So you know what they did? They reinvested that $20 million on the defensive side. And now their defense is one of the top 10 units in the league. And that'll carry them further going into Patrick Mahomes' career than it will just to worry about the micro. And now they're looking at the macro. So that's a pretty smart move that Veach made along with Andy Reid. They took the hit early now. 
so that they can have the longevity of having core guys on that defense. It's pretty smart, actually. And then in the offseason, they'll draft wideouts or they'll go into free agency and maybe try to find a guy to bring into the building because they do know they need something else to help Patrick Mahomes out. Okay? That right there in a nutshell is absolutely – so you're not wrong. That's actually a smart way to look at it because the Chiefs did that. Okay? Okay? That, to me, there's no question that is exactly right. That's what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Okay? James, let him keep going. It's okay. It's okay, James. James, don't worry about him. Let him keep typing away. After a while, people have to look at that. I just think he's he's not a nuisance. I actually like it. It's okay, James. He makes no sense. It's okay. He spends his entire day in here for four hours typing. So it's all good. So it's okay, James. It, it, it really doesn't, I don't care. Or I would have blocked him. Remember that. If it bugged me, I would have blocked him. It doesn't. Remember, that's one thing Tone and I can do. I've never blocked a human being in my life, and I'm not going to start, and I don't care. Or I could. I could just say, block him, and he can go bother someone else. But I don't. Doesn't know. Um, it's only for what? I don't get mad. You would have to, See, Prince thinks that I respect him. Remember something, Prince. For you to get mad at somebody, you have to respect them. What makes you think I respect you? What would what, what give you that notion that I do? <laughs> you, you, you get upset with people you respect. You don't, you, don't, you don't get upset with people you don't know and don't respect. So I live my life. All good, man. Howie Roseman is in every team meeting. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. is He's the first one that has said it publicly. He's the first one. Wow. Yes. Yes. Man. I got to go back. Like um, my guy said. Okay. Hey, Calvin, that guy, that guy stops you from being great. And you know why Tone only has one Super Bowl ring? Is Howie Roseman. And Tone said something very important the other day. And he didn't expand on it enough. 
He's not a better general manager. He's a better conniver. That's why he shows up to every meeting. And now he's showing up to practice. It's because he's got to keep control over what's going on. Because this is his ship. And he's the captain of it. And he's losing control. And that's why he's everywhere right now. Except behind the microphone. Seals, could you name one positive of the defense last week? No. When you when you don't make the Cardinals punt, what what do you want me to say? What would be a positive? What would be the positive? Sidney Brown, how do you give kudos to a team that ran for 225 yards on you and then you want to single out a player? And you got beat by a three-win football team. I don't know, man. I'd have a hard time giving kudos to that. Seals, do you think Matthew Stafford deserved to be the Pro Bowl over Jalen Hurts? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I did. He's playing better right now. He hasn't lost four or five. He's actually trending in the right way. And what you're going to get is most of the people in the league don't look at Jalen Hurts as being a top flight passer. They look at Jalen Hurts as being a dual threat guy. Hey, again, he's got 38 touchdowns. Should he be? Over Stafford, yeah. But do you see why they did it? I know why they did it. I know how they vote for that thing. I've told you, I've been on a Pro Bowl ballot. I know how the Pro Bowl goes. The right dude doesn't get on those ballots most of the time. Okay? They don't get on the... The the guys who, like, the guy Brandon Ayuk... What's he got, 1,400 yards? You think he belongs on that thing? Sure he does. Now, the wide receiving core, what's going to happen is you're going to get a – because it's a pass-happy league, you're going to get a ton of guys with over 1,300 yards or over 1,200 yards who think they belong on the Pro Bowl. And unfortunately, they're diluted numbers. If you Get this. Think about this, for instance. If you're a wide receiver in today's NFL – you only have to have 58 yards a game to get 1,000 yards. Do you think that's gigantic production? You, you really don't. Okay? You really don't. You really don't have to have gigantic production. Now, look, trading AJ, they would never do that. They they would never do that. Here's Tone. 23 total wide receivers have eclipsed 1,000 yards with one game left to play. Shit. Wide receiving numbers are the most overrated numbers in today's NFL. 
Because again, the rules are set up for you to be a successful wideout. Do you understand that's why the devaluing of the running back is because most kids that go to college today, they don't want to play running back. There's no money in it. The money's in wide receiver. It's actually in two positions offensively. Okay? It's two positions offensively. Wide receiver and quarterback. Tight end. You could make some dough making the tight end position too. And if you're a tackle, a, de- a really good left tackle, you can make some money there. Here, here, here's what players go to college to be now. A left tackle, a quarterback, a wide receiver, a tight end, um, an edge rusher, corner, maybe a DT. Okay, Chris Jones makes a ton of money, but he's like, well, they're, they're starting to make a ton of money at the D tackle position. They're starting to make a ton of money there. Okay? Like Lane Lane making a ton of money at the right tackle position. Okay? The, the Lane's money at the right most of those right tackles don't make that kind of dough. They they just don't. They don't make that kind of money. All right. Um I asked you this question earlier, and I want to set it up before I bring my friend Tone in here. And we'll ask him about how he being in the meetings. But what would be in the best interest of the Eagles? Conceding the East? Resting the players? Giving them a week to get their minds and body right? Or to play a meaningless game Especially if the Cowboys win, you would have played a 60-minute ball game for what? You're not going to fix anything with 60 minutes against the Giants. And at the end of the day, why would the Giants want to win that game when theoretically they could get as high as being the second pick in the April draft? Why would they want to win that game? Why? so they could feel good about themselves going into the offseason, having a lesser pick, that doesn't make sense. The Giants, see, this comes to be a problem with organizations. Look, you want to either really suck or you want to be really great. You don't want to be in the, you don't want to be in the toilet bowl that never flushes at eight and nine, nine and eight. You don't want to be in that. All right. Football Friday. Let's get over to our friend Tone. Big Seals, how we doing, sir? Quite interesting and quite entertaining today how some people look at things. Yeah, man. Uh, hell of a day, man. Hell of a day, but it's Friday. I've been looking forward to Friday, man. Looking forward to this weekend. So let's have some good football talk. Hey, have you um have you polished off that uh, Oreo cake yet? Oh my God. I was just talking about it earlier. I ate the last slice last night. Oh man, I've been thinking oh. about that thing, man. You got you got yo, me. This good, is like, yo, this is like the uh, we, I, I brought this up to you on Monday, right? And you've been talking about it all week. <laughs> oh, it's, it's worn me out. Hey, hey, it's worn me out. All right, <laughs> this organization's starting to wear me out a bit here, but let's go here. What's in the best interest of the Eagles? Do you think they should concede the East, give the players the week off mentally and physically? Or play this game. 
here's the thing. Um, what's best? I, me, me and Rob talked about this earlier, right? And me and him both agree that we believe they should play. We believe they should play. And look, at the end of the day, we know we know we know the Commanders are on a good team, and we know the Cowboys that you know they want to win the NFC East, so they're going to probably play their starters. So my thing is. You're still technically not out of the woods yet. You still have a chance at the division, you know, to improve your seating and at least get yourself a home game or two. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. Also, if you're hurt or if you're nicked up, sit down. I I won't play you. But if you're healthy and you're a full go, I'm I'm putting your ass out there because, in my humble opinion, you do you did you did make a good point though. What can you really fix in 60 minutes? That was a good point by you. But also, I look at it like this. Y'all need to go into the playoffs with some kind of positivity, some level. Because if you go in with a narrow victory or a loss into the playoffs, I, I just don't think that's the right footing to go into the playoffs on. So that game that's, that's, could that's do nothing but harm to you. What it's if possible. you win that game 20 to 19 and you hurt two starters on that turf you. in New York? Or Jersey. I hear you. I got you. I, so I listen. It could. Point you it's more earlier. detrimental to your physical positioning going into that game than it is for so, you to play that game. So you're looking at it as you made your bed, just laying it at this point. You're see, Tone. You have so much optimism, and, and again, it's waned. It totally has, and I hear it, and I yeah, understand. Yeah, my, yeah I'm, I'm a I totally even see what now. LJ's saying. I, I get it. I understand it. However, whether they deserve it or not, we're beyond that stuff. You're not yeah. fixing anything, Tone. There's no switch. There's no... No, I've been saying that. You there's know, there's no I, momentum. I don't. I How don't are think you going to get momentum off that game? You know, the only thing the Giants didn't do two weeks ago was finish the deal that the Cardinals did. That's the only difference because because they could have lost that game too. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just feel differently about it. You know, I just look at it as, okay. um, you know, although again, you you brought up some very good points. You know, you know, albeit to you, but you know, I just feel differently about that last game. I look at it as you still have a chance to win the division, and. All you can do now, I will say this though, right? Because both games are being played at the same time. I so think it's, it's kinda, good not to have the surrender mentality. And that and, 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 and that's my thing, right? I, I, I especially think so when too. it's especially when it's not locked in yet. So both games are being played at the exact same time. Now, I will say this though: if it's third quarter or fourth quarter, and you check and you check out the scoreboard and you see Cowboys up or commanders 45 to 3 in the third quarter. Okay, I'm sitting, guys. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll map it out that way. But as far as starting out the game, if you're healthy, you're playing. Simple as that. Are you running the ball in this game? Or are you throwing the ball? Are you, what, are you, what are you trying to accomplish in this? I mean, is there a thing you're trying to accomplish in this game? Um, Don't you want to make this thing as simple as possible with trying to I mean, get I, – I, I want to win this game. If I have to win it by one point, I don't care. All right, I want right, to right, do right. is not get guys hurt. No, yeah, I understand. Um, you, that's a good question. How, what's my approach in this matchup? Obviously, you want to win, but as far as my approach, that's a good question. Um, one could argue if you lean in your running game, you probably put more guys in position to get hurt. One one could argue if you just come in trying to air it out, you might not win the game at all. So, 
I think in this, I think this. I don't want to drop Jalen back thirty-five times. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, if if it's up to me, uh, I'm leaning on my running game heavy. Um, I think what what was my score? I I had them winning this game, thirty-one to twenty-three. So, um, yeah, I think the game plan should be very simple: run the ball, RPO it, some play action here and there. No need to overcomplicate it. You know what I mean? I, 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 I want to limit as much traction um, that Jalen Hurts picks up. So that's I, I, I want to keep as much tread on those tires as I can for the playoffs. So I'm going to run the ball as much as I can. Keep an eye on this. You got a 10-point lead with 10 minutes left in the game. Are you keeping guys in or are you yanking them? 10-point lead, 10 minutes left in the game. With this Eagles defense? <laughs> oh, huh. I mean – uh, but I the might need Giants, it. dude. The Giants don't want to win this game. I know they don't. I, I, like, I know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. The right. players do. Right. The organization doesn't want them to win this game because there's a shot they could get the two-hole in the NFL draft in April. Mm-hmm. So they've got to systematically somehow sabotage it. Right. So do you think they start Tommy DeVito? Because that, that 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 you can sabotage it that way, <laughs> for sure. Because I asked Rob, I said, uh, "Who's going to start?" That's a great said, call. Like, if you, you want know, to sabotage the game, you start Devito. Not start Devito. That's all you got to do. Just start Devito. Because if, if, if Tyrod if, went for four hundred yards in offense last week, Tyrod Tyrod almost stole yeah. one. <laughs> you know <laughs> hey, what I mean? Man. So so if if they're really trying to, you know. If they're really trying to botch this low key, just start DeVito. Come up with a reason. I don't know. Like, just come Would up with a reason. Would you play Barkley if you're the Giants? If I if I'm the Giants, I don't play Barkley. If I'm Saquon Barkley, I don't play. So you know, if he shouldn't play at all, I wouldn't if, play him. I wouldn't play. I wouldn't you play know, either. You know what I'm you're saying? You're an organization that tried trading me after you gave me a deal. You didn't want to give me a deal. You don't really like me. You're going to move me. You only gave me a one-year contract. What is my incentive to play for you? you know, I don't you need know the audition. Would... Everyone knows who I am. Exactly. You know what I would do? I, would, I You know, the, the easiest injury to fake these days is the back. Yeah, the back's tight. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't really can't really touch my toes today, you guys. Sorry. So if I'm Saquon, I'm, I'm, I'm setting my ass down, getting ready for the offseason. Oh, like, like, like in Caddyshack? Oh my arm! <laughs> my neck, my arm. neck, my back, my neck, and my back. <laughs> okay. Even James had to pop on here. What about Dallas Goddard saying that Howie Roseman's in every meeting? Did he say that really? Like I need to, I, I need, I need to make sure. Did he, did he say that exactly? So, so somebody in the live chat cleared up for me. Did no, no, because I heard you guys talking about that. But did like did he say that? Like he's in those meetings. He was asked a question, and and he 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 goes how he's in the meetings. Get the get the hell out of here! Oh, James says he didn't. Okay, we gotta yeah. find that. Somebody help me out. Did he say it or not? Because okay. James said he didn't. Okay, James is pretty. James is pretty spot on. All right, because if he was, that would be, that would be God 
awful if that was the case. Um, thank God, thank God, mate. Right? Hey, do, do you, you? Hey, how about the fact that Brock Purdy makes eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars? Talk about getting your money worth. Talk, Talk about, about covering for the Trey Lance disaster. It's. You know, I'd rather lose three first round picks than lose three hundred million. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh they're doing a hell of a job over there in um what is it? Uh San Francisco. They're doing a great job over there financially. Um they've had you know what's so crazy? Because they've failed at the quarterback position time and time again, it's given them it's given them time to really load their roster up. And then they th- then they fell on Purdy, which which is how, how how grateful can you be for that situation? I mean, you know, they've done a good job loading that roster up, making it ready-made for anybody to go in there. And Brock Purdy has done an amazing job. I think Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy has elevated himself um in the position to the position where he's he's definitely a top 10 quarterback you in the NFL. You think he's gonna be the highest paid quarterback when his contract is up in the NFL? Ooh. Um, you think he makes more than Burrow? No. No. What if he wins the Super Bowl? His, now, if he does that, see, now, now that, that changes things. I mean, here here's the thing, right? What's going to be important to monitor is how he sees himself in this situation. How does he, how does Purdy value himself, right? Because he seems like the kind of guy that... If that you, would if take he, the Brady route. He seems... Not, 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 not that far, but I know what you mean. Um... He strikes. He strikes me. He strikes me as the kind of guy that if you ask him behind closed doors, he'll say to he, he'll say, "I'm pretty lucky to be where I am. I'm pretty fortunate to you know to have the guys around me that I do." He strikes me as the kind of guy that understands his situation that he's he's maximizing his situation. But that'll respect. wear off like it did with Brady and because Brady it, was lucky where he was early in his career. Right, but right. after a while, it wears off. Right tone, you know, you're the guy. Right, 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 and, and and that's the thing, right? At what point does that become the the conversation? Right. But I don't think he's going to be. I think I agree with you. Yeah, I think he's going to be closer to. Um, honestly, I wouldn't even. You may think I'm crazy, but he's not even going to be a fifty million dollar guy. Oh, bull! No way. I think he'll be around forty five, forty. You're going to pay him Daniel Jones money. Daniel Jones don't even deserve that money. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so, I, I get it. Daniel Jones makes forty. But, right, right. So yeah, I think I, I, I think Purdy's going to be between forty to forty six million a year. I because I the cap's going up. It is going up. It it is it is going up, man. Um, I don't think he makes more than Burrow, but I think he's fifty. Okay, yeah. How as a matter of fact, you, who would you rather have quarterback in your team, Brock Purdy or Justin Herbert? That contract right now makes it a lot easier for me to make that decision. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's a fifty million dollar <laughs> guy with the Chargers. Right, right. But I'll tell now. I'm I'm glad you said that. He's a fifty million dollar guy who still hasn't shown that he can win significant games against significant opponents. At least Purdy has that. Right, he's beating some pretty high high profile teams and high profile quarterbacks. So. Um, at this point, all thing with knowing everything that I know right now, I would take Purdy over Herbert because of the contract situation, and he knows how to op- he knows how to run an offense, and he wins games. Watch this one, folks. Nope, I already know where you're going. Nope. <laughs> nope, don't even ask me. 
Don't uh, even ask wait me. Wait a minute. Wait don't, a minute. Don't even ask me. <laughs> don't even ask me. <laughs> don't even ask. I already know where you're going. Don't even ask. Uh, <laughs> don't even ask. He beat me to the question. Don't even do it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're having a good time here. Don't do hey, it. <laughs> he won't do it. Wow. Let me say this though. All right. Well, let me let me let me <laughs> phrase it this way. I'm not, I'm not I'm not rolling. I'm not rolling. Go ahead. Go ahead. In three years from now, who will be a better quarterback? Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Okay. All right. Okay. I can roll with this. Um, in three years, who will be the because better Because last player? year Jalen was the better player. Right, right. Yeah, granted, Lamar was hurt. Yeah. Um, but uh to your question, in three in the next in, in three years, who will be the better quarterback? Man, it's so hard to say, but if I'm basing it off of both quarterbacks' situations, based basing it off of their court, um, basing it off their head coach situation, um, the way their team is being run, built, the um, the lengths that both teams have done to make sure their quarterbacks have what they need to be successful, and based off of the the, the recency bias. You got to go Lamar Jackson because he has everything environment. He has everything trending right for him from the court, from the head coach to the, uh, to the OC, to, to the GM. GM, to the way the team is built, to the way they call plays based on his skill set, And currently right now, the way they evaluate talent, the way they've yeah, all that. Did you think that. Zay Flowers was going to be that good? Did you I knew like he was going to be at BC. I mean, I, I, I mean, he went to Boston College. I didn't think he was going to be this good. I knew he was going to be good. Let, okay. me, let me make that clear. I knew, I knew he would be good, but I, I, I didn't. Have an I, I didn't expect him. him to have the impact he's he's had thus far. I mean, Zay, Zay Flowers right now. I mean, what, like, what are his uh, what are his stats right now? I mean, he's been he's been awesome. Um, he's got to make the all rookie team though. Oh yeah, him at Jordan Addison. They have to. It's no, it's, yeah. it's, 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 um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, with Seattle, um, they they have to. Also, Zay Flowers um, this year, this season, um, Zay Flowers, wow, he has um, a, a hundred and eight targets, seventy seven catches, um, five touchdowns, and he has eight hundred and fifty eight yards receiving. Now, if he has a big game, well, he he's not going to play on Sunday. No. So that's his. Those are going to be his numbers. So not bad for a rookie campaign. No, but, but he'll, have, he'll have a Devontae Smith rookie year. <laughs> exactly. Excuse and me. Like Devontae. Yeah, and also you got to keep in mind Lamar only threw for thirty six hundred yes. yards this year. So, and look at we, the attempts. Not a lot of attempts by yeah, him. Yeah, for four hundred fifty seven attempts, sixty seven percent completion percentage, um, average two hundred twenty nine yards a game, twenty four. What were his yards per catch? Um, Zay Flowers' yards per catch were uh, was a uh, eleven, eleven. Okay. Yeah, out of um, it, it was less than um uh, OBJ's OB uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s yards per catch was sixteen. Yards per catch, uh, th th uh, sixty-four targets, thirty-five catches, five sixty-five. I mean, they they did a good job spreading the ball. Heck, damn, Zay Flowers had forty-four more targets than the next closest guy, and that's OBJ. Wow, Zay Flowers Odell, had a hundred. What, what was Odell Beckham's numbers? Odell, oh, okay, so sorry, right, so Zay Flowers had seventy-seven catches, one hundred eight targets, right? Odell Odell had 35 catches, 64 targets. Think about that. He's been feeding Zay Flowers. 
He's the number one. See, Fires was was officially a number one this year. Okay. Um, I, I I wrote this down and I wanted to play a little game with you here. These are the potential free agents that are going to be out there on the list for and again, here's the couple things that that GM does exceptionally well. I think he's really good in pro personnel. I do. I think he finds value. By the way, too, Tone, I heard you guys talking about Kevin Byard. I think Kevin Byard is exactly what I thought he was going to be. I don't have a problem with Kevin Byard. If you thought you were going to find Ronnie Lott or Cam Chancellor, you're got people were high. I mean, no, no, yeah. you were, you're I, not going to find that. a guy and no one's going to get rid of a guy <laughs> who is Cam Chancellor. No, yeah, you're, I didn't you're not going to do that. Yeah, I didn't expect him to come in and all of a sudden just be this world beater, but I definitely expected him to come in and stabilize the position. Um, he, he still have a lot of – see, he's just slow, and he has a lot of experience, obviously, but, but the problem on the back end is they have no speed. Is he they better have, than anything they had prior to him getting there? Yeah, 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 okay, for sure. Well. I mean, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, like, you you, you got what you got, and you're, you're yeah. better. To, yeah, so You got look, better, at least. And, and plus, he's not the first guy I think about when it comes to the problems on his yeah, team. Me, anyway. too. He's, 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 he's not right. even top five, a top five problem for me. I wrote down 10. I wrote down 10 dudes. Okay. That will be free agents. Now, some of these guys probably you're not going to look at it all. Like I do not believe the Eagles are going to look at Chris Jones. Um, he has a one-year contract with Kansas city. Hmm. Um, he's making $28 million. He's 29 years old. I think you're pretty set at your tackle position, even though Jordan Davis has walked back a little bit. Um, that's probably somebody that you're not going to look at. Now, do I think Chris Jones gets re-signed by Kansas City and Brett Veach? Probably. Okay. Got to got to look at something here too, Tom. Before I move on to these other free agents, somebody brought up trading AJ. You know what I like the fact too about when somebody said that? Isn't that exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs did? Instead of spending that twenty million dollars on Tyree Kill or that twenty five million dollars on Hill, they reinvested it in draft equity, giving Chris Jones some money, a first year one year contract at twenty eight million dollars, and they rebuilt their defense, knowing full well. In the macro, it's going to be beneficial to having a better defense for um, Patrick Mahomes moving forward. And then this coming offseason, they'll either draft a receiver or they'll go and get a free agent receiver to get him more help because Kelsey is starting to slow down. Didn't they do this more as something that they're looking to keep that window open of Mahomes and they can't let the team deteriorate around him? AJ, on the other hand, Remember what I told you about the $40 million that you've paid? That $40 million bucks that you've paid, because this is a cap league. That money has – I think it's – that money that you pay A.J. Brown is a direct result of why you're cheap on defense. I think it's A.J.'s money that has hurt the defense. Hmm. It's interesting. A.J.'s money. $40 million. If he had drafted a decent wide receiver in the Rager draft, that money would have went into that defensive side of the football and rebuilding it. 
No, that's that, that, that's an interesting way of breaking it down. That's, that's you would have had because... a balanced roster because the money and the equity would have been put on that side. Like, again, Justin Jefferson just got his money, right? And I, and I know that's a sore point, but if you landed on him, you had three years of a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. You just came off of $40 million these last two years with, with AJ. The money that they pay him, because they're not really paying Jalen right now, Right. That money has affected – this is where how we got the money from to pay A.J. Not paying T.J. Edwards. Not investing in the safety position. The entire linebacking core were all trash cans and a guy who couldn't stay healthy. Right. Right. No depth you know, at edge. You know, it's like – He cut corners, like Yale just said. He cut corners to pay I A.J. Mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is, right? You you drafted Devontae, and you knew you needed some more help in that area, right? So you went and got AJ, and I'm not going to say in hindsight you failed sudden, though with Jalen Rager to cover. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. That was a clear cut failure. That was a failure on day one. Um, but I can't sit here in good faith and then all of a sudden say, ah, the AJ move was a bad move when we've had nothing but success with him. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. I understand your logic though, because from a, from a, from a we'll fiscal perspective, success from a, from a fiscal perspective. Yeah. Your, your poor decision-making forced you to spend money here that you didn't have to spend from fiscally, it affected your defense. Fisc- of course, fiscally you're, you're, you're making perfect sense. And but, then look at the corner, look at the corner but, investments, but also hold on, hold on real quick. We gotta, we gotta take into account their philosophy. So yeah. AJ Brown is taking up a certain portion of the money, but where where would that money have gone at any other point? You, you you think he would have put it in the linebacker room? No, right? It, 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 you it's, know, you know, it's a great you know, take. and they are and and they, he clearly had no problem paying the corners. You know what I'm saying? Um, he has no problem paying his defensive line. So, I mean, I feel like I feel like I feel like the way that the way they built this defense is how they wanted to build it in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Defensive line, cheap at linebacker, veteran corners. And I I feel like this is kind of par for the course. You know, it's easy for me to say A.J. Brown is taking a portion, a portion of the money, which makes it hard to build the defense. It's easy for me to say that now. But let's just, hypothetically speaking, let's say he did have an extra $25 million. Where, where Where is it going to probably go? On the D-line somewhere. Not the, not the linebackers. So, I mean, I, I understand the logic, but, you know, I think it's – I think it's foolish for us to believe that Howie would have did right by that money at linebacker. Because I think because I think that's what you're talking about, right? You're talking about linebacker yeah, yeah, I'm mainly. Talking about the fiscal part of this. Yeah, right. And, and and honestly, do you really think he would have spent that extra money on no. linebackers? So that's how I'm looking at it. Maybe they would have addressed it more in the offseason. I don't I'm don't not know. talking big name guys. No, no, no. I'm with you on that. And I don't think you even need a big name guy to no, be I don't either. You know, I don't believe that. I you think you I'm need saying? DJ Edwards. Listen. You saw, listen, they could they could have afforded TJ Edwards. They could have afforded it. They, they, they? They, knew, they, they knew they had it. Wait a minute. They could, but they didn't want to. Exactly. That's what I think. They could have, but they didn't, they, they didn't want to. Okay, let me throw some of these names at you now, because I think the rest of the list is somebody that we can kind of debate here. Would you throw money at a 26-year-old Josh Allen who makes 21.7 million bucks? 
He's a free talking agent. About, you're talking about the guy from uh, Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Yo, he's nice. He is he a is. <laughs> He's scary, dude. <laughs> How about you put him on the other side of Josh Sweat and you have him rushing the passer with Reddick behind him? And you got Reddick, Josh Allen, and Josh Sweat, and Davis and Carter. Could have the best defensive line in pro football. Listen, I actually Look, don't you're think... Gonna, you're going to get home with that. I actually, I actually don't think... Eagles fans might not like this, but I don't think Reddit gets resigned. I don't. I don't think they extend him because Dude, I heard you say he has 15 TFLs and 11 sacks. Come yeah. on now, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I'm th- I'm thinking I'm thinking like them. And I'll tell you what, if you want to dump him and sign Josh Allen to a 25 million dollar contract, he's 26, dude. And that's my thing. I think they're. I think they want to get younger. And when Josh Sweat's, I mean, not Josh Sweat, when Hassan Reddick's contract is over. I think he's 32-3 or something. You know what I mean? I, I was, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I'm just, I'm trying to put myself in the mind oh, of a guy who's thinking about the money, the longevity. They want to get younger. You know what I mean? Uh, Hassan Reddick is great at what he does. Great spectacular, but he's limited, right? So, um. I don't know, and also there's a lot of contracts coming up that same season. Matter of fact, we can look at the, you know we can look at it right now. Um, as far as contracts that are active, let's think about this. So, contract terms. All right, here we go. So as of right now, Hassan Reddick, give me one second. I think he's got another year because right. it was a three-year contract he signed. All right, 2024 free agent. Okay, let's go to 2025. He's got another year. All right, here we go. Here's their 2025 free agents. 2025, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Kevin Byard, Avante Maddox, Jake Elliott, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams, um, Zach McPherson, Kenny Gainwell, um, Marlon Tupelo, Josh Joe, Reed Blankenship, you know, Britton Covey. You know, that that year, I I think they're going to make a decision between Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, and I think they're going to choose the younger guy. I think you're making it easier of a decision to bring Hassan Reddick back if this guy Nolan Smith bombs. That part. And I think, and remember. If that kid bombs, it helps Reddick. And let me tell you this, though. We know how the Philadelphia Eagles move. We, we saw how much we saw how much they put on the Kobe Dean plate, right? Because they felt like it was time for him to step up. What's stopping them from doing the same thing? With Nolan Smith and gambling on him and letting Hassan walk, they've they've already proven that they're willing to do something like that. They oh. let T, they let TJ walk, a guy who had experience, to put in the Kobe Dean, a guy who had none. What's stopping them from letting Hassan walk and putting Nolan Smith in there, a guy who has almost no experience right now? And and because the way how he walks, we know he loves his boys. He loves he loves the guy he drafts. Um, he all he 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 he, he believes in. He believes in putting these guys, you know, through the fire, regardless of if they're ready or not. You know what I mean? So decisions got to be made, man. Decisions How about this be- one? Why Why do you think that um, the defensive coaches aren't starting Milton Williams? Jordan Davis mm. does not belong being a starter. I'm going to tell you why. Because that GM is telling them who to start. Because... I talked to Brian Baldinger last night. He goes, and he sent me some clips of him just laying on blocks and laying on the ground because he's gassed. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, what? Okay. Yale says he's getting a lot of snaps. Well, then start him. He's more productive. You're hurting the team by playing and starting him just because how he drafted him first. That's not a winning decision, Tone. That's a counterproductive decision. That's a front office mingling in involving themselves in something that you're playing the lesser player right now. No, I you're agree. Playing you know, the lesser player. You know, I, I'm a, I'm of the mindset. If you're producing, you play. If you're not, you're sitting. Yeah, I, I know I, he drafted Milton, but Milton's a third rounder, I think. Yeah, yeah, Milton's like a third rounder, a rotational guy. But I love Milton's motor. Um, he's Milton, more productive. He plays the he plays the run very well too. He he's a he's a bit of a tweener. He's Why kind of is, built, he's starting. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Don't do that to me, man. Or I'm going to bring up the Lamar Jalen question to you. <laughs> listen, he's starting. Listen, he's not. Listen, let's be honest. First round pick, third round pick. We know how this goes. I do. We know how this goes. Like, like, like you said, this ain't college, man. You pay him, you play him. You pay him, you play him. And you draft him high. Yeah, you, dra- you draft him high, you play him too. So, um, it's like, what do we like? This, this is the part of the Eagles that frustrates me because it always feels like we're talking in circles, right? It's like we know who they are, we know how they think. Why do we like? I know. What are we doing here? It's, right? It's, it's, it's the most. <laughs> yeah. fuss, it's the most frustrating thing. Like we know, know how they man. think, but you know. But here's what's annoying about it: we know how they think, but they love to pretend like no one knows how they think. They think they're moving like spooks, but in reality, no. We know exactly who you guys are, and. Listen to this, though. The 2026 free agents will be Jordan Maylotta, Dallas Goddard, Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Devontae Smith, Jordan Davis, if they decide not to pick up the, if they decide not to pick up the option, which they will. Um, Cam Jurgens, Nicobe Dean, Grant Cacatera, and Eli Ricks. So they got some over these next three years, they're gonna have to make some heavy decisions. Obviously, I think Maylotta comes back. I don't know, man. If Dallas Goddard has Five no seat. win team. Man, don't say that. I'm not claiming that just five win team in two years. Hey, listen, man. Don't you want don't you want the show to be entertaining? No, man? I, you, you, you know, that's, that's that's a tremendous point. No, I you, do not. Listen, man. No, you, you want them to win. Oh, I see. So you're gonna kick it back at that way on me. All right. I'm, hey. I'm just saying, you say it all the time, right? Look when they're doing here, man. When they're winning, Dude. when they're winning, it makes this show way oh, more oh. robust. You know what I mean? Chills, you want a five and a hey, you want a five and twelve team to talk about? I <laughs> right, do not. Right. We, we, we could be we, we could be in Chicago or we could Oh be yeah, in, oh no, honestly. Or, or, Carol, man. Or, or South Carolina zone, North Carolina. Hey, how about this one? I know everybody when I first said his name during the trading deadline, everyone's like, Who? Who? I love this Jalen Johnson kid. Yo, he's a pro bowler this year. 15.7, he's a free agent. He's 24. You're talking about the corner. You're talking about the corner from uh, Chicago, right? Yeah. He's a pro pro bowler this year. (laughs) I know he is. And he was on the trading block. That means the prices went up. Okay. Well. No, no. I'm with you. You need young. You need youth right there. He's 24. And and, and obviously, you can't draft him. So, you might as well trade for him or sign one. I respect respect the GM. I respect the team that knows their limitations. And they say, look, we we, we suck these guys. Let's just sign one or trade for one and call it a day. You know what I mean? I respect I respect teams that understand where they suck at. 
You know, I respect anybody that knows their weaknesses. How so, come the Eagles can't figure that out? Man, oh man, don't get me started. <laughs> they got <laughs> all right. Here's another one. Brian Burns, Carolina. He's 25. He's 21.7 million bucks. Carolina has to get some draft equity because of what happened last year with them moving up to get Bryce Young. This is the third year in a row they've got this kid on the um, the trading block. Would you look at him? Yeah, I would look at him. I mean, especially if you're... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Considering moving on from Hassan Reddick, you know, you go younger. Would you trade the 25th pick in the draft for him? For Brian Burns? Yeah, 25. He's a pro bowler. 25th overall pick for an edge rusher who's already solidified. How old is he again? 25. Nine times out of 10, you sign him. I'm sorry, nine times out of 10, you trade him. You sign him as well. That's going to be a sign and trade situation. What do you think he's getting? Like 21.7. You think that's his uh his market no, market right now? I think he's gonna get around twenty eight million. Because I'm curious now. Let me see something. Because I wouldn't mind me. right now. His last year of his contract in Carolina is twenty one point seven million. All right, yeah, Brian Burns. Okay, all right. Um, twenty twenty three base salary of sixteen million. Okay, let's see here. All right, market value right now. His market value right now is twenty one point seven million. Five years, 108. You think that's an annual salary, too. You think Harry Rosen is going to pay somebody $21 million on a uh, – again, I'm trying to think like him. I'm trying to think like a winner here. You're trying to think I'm like trying to think a like him. sword salesman here. I'm trying to think like him. 
Okay. And well, then he's out. Shit, everyone on this list is probably out there. But here's my problem, right? You got to pay to play. You got to pay to play, baby. But you know see, what I'm saying? Wait a minute. And Tone, I'm going to make the move. But Tone, he's done the right thing on Jalen's contract, and he's not doing it the right way. If he, Dude, if, you he have, if he wastes you have his opportunity, a genius in that contract that you're mm -hmm. not utilizing. I would make the move, but actually, what I would do, forget Brian Burns, forget I'm going after um, what's my man in uh, Tampa Bay, the linebacker Antonio Winfield Jr. No, 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 not not the safety Devin linebacker. White 25. That's who I, that's who I want. He's 21.1 million market value, and he's 25. That's who I want. I don't care about nobody else. I, that's who I want. How about, wait a minute, I got another one for you. Or would you rather have Patrick Queen at 24 at 18.5 million? Ah! Nah, I'll take Devin. Pro because, I'll take Devin because he's a Mike and Patrick's not a Mike. Okay. Even though I would love to have Patrick, don't get it twisted, but I, 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 I want a Mike. You know what I mean? I want somebody that's going to. Orchestrate that defense. How about the LaJarvis Swede? Kansas City's 26. Oh, the corner. corner. The LaJarvis Sneed? Corner, 11.8. He's, he, he's, he's solid, man. He's better, than Pro Bowl. He he's better than I thought he was. Like, he's better than I thought he was. Um, I think I actually think the, uh, the um, Chiefs are going to bring him back. Probably. I think they're going to bring him back. Probably. So. You think they bring Chris Jones back at $30 million? You let Tyreek Hill walk out the building. Mm. I think they're going to pull a Belichick. You know what that means? They ain't going to pay top dollar for guys when you got Patrick Mahomes in the building. At this point, right? No way. I think they'd rather draft a DT and move him out and trade him and let someone else pay him. They did the same thing with Darrell Rivas. They didn't keep Rivas. Hey, remember when Stephon Gilmore wanted more money? He was the yeah, player yeah. of the year 19. They moved his ass too. See, here's the thing, right? They've already shown that they they've already shown the you said it earlier the precedent has been set yeah they've, they've already made it clear that if 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 y'all if y'all can't agree on a number there are those trade you and plus he's twenty nine yeah and and they have that much faith in the quarterback which makes it which makes the decision that much easier the Chris Jones got a one year contract take so yeah that's that's the only reason he played this year because they they gave him some more money up front they gave they gave him one year deal yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back. Because he's going to be a free agent at the end of next season, right? No. He's a free this... agent this year. Oh, he only shit. has a one-year contract. <clears throat> shit. Um, then in that case, I don't think I don't think he's back. I don't think I he's don't back. Either. I don't think he's back. I think they look at it like this. They, they done been through this whole year, and they said to themselves, yo, we need receivers. We need receivers, man. I think they're going to either buy one and draft. I, I think they're going to buy one and draft one. Can I tell you who I think lands in Kansas City? Because I, I, what I, 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 I got a, I got a name. Is out there right now that you would want to put with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be um, a free agent out there in the open market. Oh, that's going to be a free agent. Oh, okay. Yeah. What guy out there right now who's been told already, we ain't resigning you. Mike Evans. You put Mike Evans' ass in that Listen, thing. Listen, you put Mike Evans in, in, in KC. And you might as well give them the Super Bowl. Hey, because Mike Evans, Jason Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. 
Oh yeah, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, and another guy. Here's another guy too that's going to be a free agent that um they have that they're not going to resign. T Higgins. T Higgins is a free agent. Yeah. Now, now if the he's he's younger than Mike Evans for sure, but um T Higgins right as of right now, his market value stands at about sixteen point five million a year. That's his market value right now. They're not going to pay twenty million for a receiver like that. Of course not. Of course not. Like, That's why. You know why Mike Evans is is affordable? My opinion, Evans is around thirty. So you yeah, can Mike, use that is, against him. Yeah, Mike Mike Evans is at Mike Evans's uh estimated market value is twenty four million a year. Yeah, no, that at, ain't happening. At, of course not. He ain't getting that at thirty. He's not getting that. So if they if if, if the if the Chiefs can't score Mike Evans. They could probably score T. You'll get an Odell Beckham deal for him, but 15, 18 million, somewhere in there. That's what I think. Get this, and that's 10 million less than Hill's salary. And also, Calvin Ridley will be a free agent this summer. And what, Mike Evans? No, 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 I'm with you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm giving you, you up. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like trying yeah, to stack no, the options, right? And also, um, Tyler, see, this is a good wide, in my opinion, if you look at all the free agents at wide receiver, this is a good. Wide receiver class at free agent. What do you think the Eagles do at three? At the three hole wideout spot on the roster. Mm, that's a good question. Do you think they just it's not don't address a, it? It's not going to be a big money guy at all because um but it can't gotta, be an old guy. No, no, I, I don't think I don't think he's gonna be old, but he's not gonna be expensive either because they hey, still gotta pay Devontae. Oh, you know what really if that whole Arizona game up for a player? What player got jobbed the most out of that game? Julio. Um, he had two TDs. Yeah, Julio had two Julio TDs. Had two touchdown catches. And they were pretty and good, because too. because they lost the game, man, everyone didn't, didn't he got care. jobbed that. I was like, damn, the dude has a game for the first time in five years, and nobody's talking about him because they lost to the Cardinals. It sucks, man. It sucks. He he definitely got he definitely got ripped off. But uh I wouldn't be surprised if um, they go because there's some guys available, right? They got there's Tyler Boyd who's going to be available. Uh, who else? Um, Hollywood Brown who's 26. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Cedric Wilson, Curtis Samuel, Odell Beckham's going to be available. Kendrick Bourne. Like I said, this is this is a really good this is a really good um, free agent receiver class in my opinion. Um, yeah, so Matt Collins. So, I mean. All right, dude, before I get you out of here, I have to ask you. They win Sunday, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they win. They win. 31 to 20. Wait, no. Look at me, Tom. Yeah. They win, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. does Jalen get 4,000 passing yards? Yes, 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 he does. Yes, I think he does. Actually, now that I know what the now I think he now, breaks Wentz's record. That's what I was just about to say. Now that I know what the record is, because I couldn't remember it at first. Now that I know what it is, four four zero three nine four thousand thirty nine. I think he breaks the record too. I think he breaks the record. Not that it's important, but I think he breaks it. I think it's important. I'd want it. I mean, yeah, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, is it important? Hey, Tom, really. you play the game, and guess what? You keep you keep scoring, you keep records. I want my name there. I'm with you, and also you know um, you know when people go like this. Well, the game doesn't matter. Do you keep the score? If, he said, like, keep the score. When people go like this, the preseason games don't matter. I go, are you keeping score? 
guy goes, yeah, well, then I want to win. <laughs> I mean, Yo, I'm not I doing when, this just to look good. Yeah, I, I, I hate when people say preseason Me doesn't too. matter. I hate it. Well, the game doesn't um, matter. Are you keeping score? Yes. Well, shit, I want to win. Right. Is somebody making money because of it? Yeah, like, it matters. Um, But, yeah, I think he I, – I, see, I think Jalen Hurts goes for um, uh, three passing touchdowns, one rushing, and uh, and uh, he goes for and he, he breaks he breaks the record. That's what I think. All right, hey, that's what I think. Hey, can you believe this? Between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, both these guys aren't Pro Bowlers. One guy's got forty-two touch. No, they got eighty touchdowns between between them. them. It's crazy, right? They got eighty touchdowns between them. I'm so glad you said. Wait, so Josh Allen hey, has how many again? Forty-two. Josh Allen got 42 touchdowns. He's got 27 passing. He and Jalen both have 15 rushing touchdowns. But you get, but guess what? And, and also their passing yards are pretty, pretty yeah, close. Yeah, he's too. got 39, 87, and, got, and I yeah, think what, Jalen's at 38. 38-03. Yeah, yeah. Jalen's at 3803. Allen's at 3947. Um you you want to you want to know why, like, like the people no one get no one cares, 80 right? Touchdowns between the two of them, and, and and also their attempts are pretty on par too. Um, Jalen has 522 attempts. Allen has 541. Um, Allen has 355 completions. Hertz has 345. They're both completing. They're both currently completing. Uh, well, Jalen's completing 66 percent of his passes. Allen's completing 65 percent of his passes. Um, you know, the, you, you you know why you know why they're not talking about them like we're talking about them, right? Turnovers, turnovers. Um, Allen has Allen has um 19 turnovers on the season and uh Hertz has uh uh 18. Oh, so wait, Yo, watch this. Listen, hold on, wait. Did Tom's out, Tom's out, Tom's out, Tom's out, Tom's out. Did Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts have an identical season? Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> yo, who would have thought we'd be having this conversation? Like, did Josh Allen and, and, yeah. and Jalen Hurts just have an identical season? That is ridiculous. So wait a minute. So 40 turnovers between the both of them, theoretically. Yeah. Eight, 18 and, and, and 19. So touchdowns. Uh, you know, man, look, I don't, you know, yeah, you know it's a problem yeah. for me. Yeah, 37 but, turnovers uh, between them. Yeah, 37 turnovers between them. Okay, uh, watch this. 37 them, turnovers uh, between them and 80 touchdowns between 80 them. 80 touchdowns. I'm going to do this to you, Tone. Do you have a problem, Sills, with those numbers? I don't Maybe a little, but gee, those 80 <laughs> touchdowns, man. I mean, that's a lot of production, dude. Hey, listen, I, hey, hear me out on this. I understand that Josh Allen, from a pure throwing perspective, him, him and him and Hurts are just in different categories. I get it. I, I totally understand that, right? But don't they aren't they but it's similar? Not how you drive, it's how you arrive. They're arriving at the same place. Right. There's there's they're they're eerily similar. They're eerily similar this year. Um but overall, man, um, I think Allen's a great quarterback. I think Hurts is a great quarterback. 80 touchdowns. Um, you know what? The MVP should really be between Allen and Hurts. It should be between those guys. But the turnovers is holding if back. If they had half the turnovers. Can you imagine if Hurts had, had nine turnovers and Allen had 10 for the whole season? 80 and 19. And you, 80 touchdowns. 80 touchdowns between show, them. It'd be a freak show years. That's why... I'm looking at Jalen Hurts' season like, oh, my God, 18 turnovers, bro. You had 38 touchdowns on the season. You got – it just overshadows it. It overshadows a, an amazing year. It, the it, the it, problem it really that does. you're looking at, though, with Jalen, it that 
it's wobbled so much this year. And when they got rid of Ken and they put Joe Brady in there, he just looks different. He's still turning mm-hmm. the ball over. But you know what? I think his turnovers, like you said, not every turnover is a turnover where it's going to be impactful. I think his turnovers are less impactful now than what they were earlier in the year when he was forcing the football into double teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think Jalen's turnovers have become more detrimental to the team yeah. in the second half of the season, right? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. 80 yeah. touchdowns between them two freaks, and they're not yeah. pro bowlers. Yeah, I, now I will say this, though. Um, obviously, like, Allen has uh, less rushing attempts um, but he has uh, he has less rushing attempts and, and, and less rushing yards. But regardless, though, they're both they both accounted for forty nine or more first downs running the ball. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> hey, come on, man. I mean, if you start talking that kind. Hey, f- how many t- first downs? So between them. <laughs> So, all right, in 2023, just rushing first, the ball. Wait, for, did you say 49 or 39? So, all right, Josh Allen this season has accounted for 49 first downs running the ball. And Jalen Hurts has accounted for 67 first downs running the ball. That tie is a career high for him. He has 67 last year. So, you, you, two guys have accounted for over 100 first downs and 80 touchdowns. Is that right? Yep, running the ball. And that's just running the ball. Hey man, hey, <laughs> hey Jalen had a better year than hey dude. Them two dudes are freak shows. They're listen. listen I don't. I, I don't care how people cut the turnovers are you down. You're good. If they cut the turnovers down, it'd be an MVP race between those two every year. Man, dude, they're you insane talents. Get down like that, and you start looking like a hundred first because downs between two men. And I didn't know. I didn't know their stats were this similar until just now. Because, you know, throughout the season, it's always doing this. It stunned me that I heard he had 15 first downs. I mean, 15 touchdowns, Josh. I didn't think he had 15 rushing touchdowns. I I didn't either. Him and and Hurts are tied right now, I think. Yeah, they're both tied. Right, and they both are. Three passing touchdowns and 15. um, 15 rushing. Rushing. Allen has 27 uh, passing. Allen's got 27 passing and 15 15 rushing. rushing. 80 touchdowns between <laughs> 80 touchdowns and 100 first downs, dog. Think of that. Dog. Both teams are in the playoffs. Well, Bill's got some work to do this weekend. The Eagles are for sure in at least, as, yeah. at, at least in the five hole, potentially oh, no, in the two. Wait, wait, real two real quick, Sills, before we got here. Last, last point, real quick. I got to check something out with you. Now, if I'm not mistaken, both the Philadelphia Eagles the, are, are so the, the Bills are the sixth seed. And the Eagles are the fifth seed right now, I, and I think that's going to pretty much hold up. Yep. Would you? It, is it fair to say that the Bills and the Eagles are arguably probably the most dangerous wild card teams in their respective yes. conferences? Yeah, I think that Rams team. Okay, I think that Rams team can be a little bit frightening because of the yeah. coaching. Yeah, that and the have. yeah, and the, Browns, and the Browns, and the Browns too, right? With Raheem and Sh- with uh, Sean, that's kind of scary, and that 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 part of it. And I'll tell you something else too. You know, if the Packers sneak in, that might be. I don't think the Packers know how. You want to hear a crazy stat? They're not how good Love they are. Has thrown seventeen touchdowns in the last seven games. 
They don't you know, know how good they are. He got 30 on the year. He got 30 on the year. Jordan Jordan Dave uh, Jordan uh, Love has Love. 30 passing touchdowns on the season. What? Yeah, he sure does 30 and 11. Wow. And he has four rushing, so he has 34 touchdowns on the season. How many season. passing yards? Uh 38-43. He's going to throw he's, you know, he's going to throw for 4,000 yards this year and 30 touchdowns. I think they found their quarterback. They've got to keep they've got to keep nurturing him. Now That's a hell of a job by Matt LaFleur. Yeah, and then we 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 criticized him yeah, a lot. Yeah, I did, I did, no. I because he was wobbling early, and he turned his career. He, he, they did a nice job. They were patient with him. Yeah, n- let me ask you this: Browns and Bills, and Eagles and Rams, <clears throat> in their respective conferences, the the number five, the number five and six seed in both conferences right now. I'm more arguably, afraid of the Browns. Are, are, I'm telling you, I think <laughs> I, I think I think the Browns. I think the Browns are going to the AFC Championship, yo. It's something about them. I'm scared of them. Like you they make me if nervous. Joe Flacco wins his second Super Bowl. He's a Hall of Famer. Two different organizations in the same division, and you beat the Ravens in the AFC Championship. Ah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start looking at it now. You got to start thinking about it now, right? I He's mean, got just as many Super Bowls as Eli. <laughs> right. You got to start thinking about it. And it's the Browns. And it's the Browns. And the Browns. It's like the Red Sox winning the World Series or the Cubs. Listen, man. All I- <laughs> You know the Browns have never been to a Super Bowl? Never? Ever. Are they the – what teams have never no. been? Um, The Lions. The Browns. Lions never been. Browns, Jacksonville, Jags. Titans. No, they've been. They've been in one. They've, they've been, been one. They lost to the Rams. Um, I don't know, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. But um, I think the five and six seed in both conferences are probably the most dangerous five and six seeds we've seen in a while. What do you think? Texans. Texans. Oh wow! Hold on, wait. This there's this this not going to be a five thousand yard passer this year. No. Wow, I didn't I didn't even think about that. That also tells you how hard it's been for quarterbacks this year. That the coordinators caught up with a lot of the league this year and scoring's down. So when you look at your boy being down statistically, you got to look that into account too, Tone. That the league was down scoring wise and yardage wise. No, you're the right. Coordinators. You're... The defenses had great years this year. Hey, dude, let me get out of here. I got. I got our oh, friends yeah, Emily break. coming up from our friends up in Hooters up in Rhode Island. I want to get to her. Don't yes, forget sir. Philly Godfather. Great segment, Thank sir. you, my Great friend. Segment. That's my friend. We appreciate it. Do me a favor, my friends. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Emily from our store up in Rhode Island, in Warwick, Rhode Island, is going to join us in a couple minutes. One of the iconic Hooter girls is going to join us. So we're going to talk with her. Huge sports fan. We'll check in with her. Um, also, Philly Godfather will join us at 530. I like this Tyler Hunley kid who's going to play this weekend for um, the Ravens. Who are they playing this weekend, the Ravens? Who are the Ravens playing this weekend? Um, who they got this weekend, Tone? Devontae Smith and Darius Slay ruled out Sunday. Perfect. Perfect. Steelers, that's it. Way to go. They're playing the Steelers. That's right. It's a Saturday game. Um, I love this kid, Tyler Hundley. I really do. I absolutely like this kid. And I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this weekend. All right. You know, I got to tell you something. Big Sills had a really great time at the KOP store a couple weeks ago in the Philly area. Ton of people came by. It was great. And I got and, – and, and before I bring Emily on, you see, and as Gary knows, you see, Big Sills has a, a history with all the Hooter and the legendary Hooter girls. And Emily will be brought up here in a second. And as, I want to tell you this before we do this. Emily, I dated Lynn Austin. And Lynn is, according to Gary, the second most famous – and the second original Hooter girl, let's bring in Emily here from our store up at the Hooters there in Rhode Island. Emily, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are we doing in Rhode Island? All good? We're doing great up in New England here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now now help us out here. Is, is, is that Patriot country? 
I mean, it is. You know, we've had a tough season, but we are still all New England fans. Now, wait, now are you a Brady guy? Oh, oh 100%. Okay, so let me throw some of these questions at you then here, Miss Emily, here from our store up in Rhode Island there. Okay, so Bill Belichick, are you, are, do you want to see him go or do you want to see him stay? I want to see him stay. Huh? I feel like he's done, you know, but he's like done so much for the Patriots. And like, you know, one bad season or a few bad seasons doesn't make a difference. Like it's, it, he's done so much, they need to just keep going. Now, That's I'm going to tell you this, Emily, there's a lot in common with the New England, Boston-ish kind of fan and the Patriot fan and Philadelphia. Very, very harsh when it comes to their criticism. Have you heard a lot of criticism there about the way the Patriots were run this year? Oh, 100%. Actually, I mean, we have all the football games and we advertise the Patriots and stuff. I mean... It's affecting us a little bit, but we still have everyone coming in for all the other games. Uh, but you definitely hear a lot, a lot about the Patriots this season. Absolutely fantastic. Now, are you a football fan? I am, yes. It's, it's How long have you been at that Hooters location? I've been here like two and a half years. I've been here a while. Do you know that I know Ed Drosty and all them guys and Bob you Passwater? Do. Listen, I tried to – you see this jersey? <laughs> Mm -hmm. do, do you know why? You see the colors that you have on your, your gear there? Do you know why they're the original colors? I don't know. You know the secret, though. <laughs> yeah, because you know why? It was first a local store in Clearwater, and it was all there for the Buccaneer fans because Bob and all those guys, Ed, started the store there. Mm -hmm. And then when it branched out, the original colors were Buccaneer colors. And so they changed it. How about the fact that I know Gary probably, I don't know if Gary, Gary told you that I dated Lynn. <laughs> She's a wonderful, wonderful girl. I love her so much to this day. We're still friends to this day. I love her to death. Absolutely great. Hey, tell us you got some new things on the menu coming up now for the uh, start of 2024. We do. I don't know if you can uh, see this, but we have our new winter specials. We've got um, boneless wings and fries, burger, buffalo chicken sandwich deal. We're kind of switching it up, seeing what works best for the restaurant and everything. As far as that, we've also got some new events coming up. We've got a few different bikini shows for Valentine's Day, St. Patty's Day, kind of bringing more business, start off the new year and everything. Absolutely. Hey, I, I bet that place is packed during uh, football Saturdays. Yeah, Saturday and Sundays are like our best days. A lot of football fans, college football, NFL, and everything. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. I really love the fact that you came aboard with us here. And, again, you can get the calendars also. The 2024 calendars are out. They have $100 in coupons in them. You can go to northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. And also, if you don't want to go into the places, right, Emily? You can go to the app at hooters2go.com. And you can order the food, and the iconic Hooter girls will bring the food out to your car, and you can take them back to your domicile. Yeah, the, um, I was in the calendar this year, so we actually sold out of all of them. We've got, they've got a hot ticket in Warwick, um, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good for us. Fantastic. Emily, thank you so much for spending some time with us here. Of course, anytime. You bet. Thank you. Tell everybody we said hi there. I will. Thank you. Emily, thank from you. our place up at...
the Rhode Island location in Warwick, Rhode Island. We really appreciate her coming aboard with us there. Thank you so much. All good. Man, I love the Hooters people. 35 to 40 years I've been involved with those folks. Gary, love you guys, man, to death. Very nice. Very respectful. Very iconic. Unlike your GM. What do you think? Hey, you thought Emily was going to soften me up a little when? Okay, pot twist. She's Howie's daughter. <laughs> uh, only LJ could bring some. Only LJ could do something like that for me there. Okay. All right. Sills, what time is the ferry? <laughs> uh, oh, the ferry? What are you talking about? The Philly Godfather's 530. 530. Hey, I'm going to go over this list with you guys now, okay? I want to go over this list with you. I went over it with Tone. I want to go over it with you. And looking at free agents. Look, I do not believe you guys are going to be looking at somebody like Chris Jones. I do not. Would, would you spend – hey, would you spend the money on Josh Allen, Jacksonville? $21.7 million, 26 years old. Would you not only spend the money, but would you surrender your first-round draft choice for that guy? Let's watch and see how many idiots we have in here because you're under the impression that your general manager is a good drafter when it comes to edge rushers. Name me an edge rusher he's drafted. That's been great. Josh Sweat. Okay, you got one in 20 years. Okay? Gator Boy goes like this. How he won't. This is where he falls into a mistake. Don't you get it? This is, here's his fault. He'd rather draft a guy and be wrong on a guy. And Tone, this is what we talked about with the economics. Instead of settling the position down for a couple of years with a veteran guy who's good and spending the money, he would rather take a shot and a miss and then financially have to sign a guy to big money to put him in there and play him. If you had drafted, if you had drafted, okay, if you had drafted respectfully, at defensive end, you wouldn't have had to pay Hassan Reddick. Okay? You wouldn't have had to pay Hassan Reddick $15 million. You wouldn't have. You could have put more of that economics back into your defense. But like Tone says, Sills, do you really think he would do that? Probably not. This is why you can't maintain success. He traded 17 for AJ. It's offense. It's what the owner wanted, Yale. The owner wants offense. Look again. Figure out what happened here. The Kansas City Chiefs traded away the greatest deep threat in NFL history next to Randy Moss and Tyree Kill to improve their defense. Do you think that's a smart move or not? Do you guys think that's a smart move? Trading away the greatest deep threat 
next to Randy Moss in NFL history. Okay? Troy says no. They won a Super Bowl. They retooled their defense in the last two years. And Troy thinks that's a bad idea. So does MG2. How does winning a Super Bowl and improving your defense, trading Tyree Killaway, not a good idea? How do you look at that? How do you look at improving your defense, making it a top 10, and in the last two years since he's not been there, you won a Super Bowl? How is that not a good deal? Because they suck now? They don't suck. They're a playoff team. They're not as... Look, because they suck now? No. That football team has gone to five straight AFC championships. They're not going to suck next year. Okay? Dan, what would you do to fix this and complete compete for a ring? You can't fix this. This... Now, 85, circumstances around him can make it more attainable. Someone gets hurt in the opening um, wild card games. You win a wild card game. Purdy gets hurt again. I take my chances against Sam Darnold. They're not going to beat you with Sam Darnold. I, I don't think so. And you could win a divisional game and get yourself in the NFC Championship game, and you probably have to go to Dallas to do it. I don't know. You're one and one versus the Cowboys this year. Let's see if the Cowboys don't have a collar around their throat. Remember something. When it comes to Dallas, the closer they get to Las Vegas, the more the sphincter muscle will start to pucker up. Remember that with Dallas. That's one thing that I will give the Eagles a lot of love for here. If the Eagles get close to the NFC Championship game, they're not going to pucker up. Your coaches might. Okay? look Again, go back into your 17 run. Just remember something in your 17 run, okay? What happened in your 17 run? You had a lot of external things happen that put you in a good position to get to that Super Bowl. And when you got there, Foles played out of his mind. Foles was as good a Super Bowl quarterback as anybody that's ever played in that game. I would put Nick Foles's. would we not agree? I would put Nick Foles's performance in that game up there with some of Montana's, Brady's, um, Bradshaw, Elway's. No, not Elway, because I don't think Elway was exceptional in, in, in the games he won. I would put Foles in the conversation as one of the greatest performances in Super Bowl. Um, Kurt Warner had a great one. It would be up there with one of the greatest performances of all time when it came to a quarterback who won that game. One of the greatest of all time. Tremendous performance. Tremendous. The guy played out of his skull. All right. How about would would Howie go? Hey, 
Now, it's funny, Tone says this to me. Okay, well, didn't Howie Roseman go after a corner in a trade with the Lions to get Darius Slay? So he has made a trade to get a corner, right? Why wouldn't you trade for Jalen Johnson to Chicago? Chicago's going to want a one for him because <clears throat> his price tag did go up. I told you to get him at the trading deadline. You guys didn't want him. Remember I told you that? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he definitely can't draft one, so trade for one. Right. But this is where, now, Tone says that, but Tone knows this. and But his ego is going to still draft one. So it's kind of counterproductive what we're even saying here. Because unless you have a philosophical change, but he has traded for Darius Slay. So he has compromised his approach at certain positions. Corner's one of them. So there's a chance he would make a trade here. I think he was really in the sweepstakes to try to get the kid from Denver. But they wanted a lot. And they should want a lot for Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain is one of the best cover corners in the league. Okay? Dan, could you see Al Harris being our DC next year? No. Um, I don't think Minnesota will move off of Brian Flores. I'd love to have him. I think Raheem's going to get a shot at being a head coach. I don't think Dan Quinn's going to go anywhere. I don't think San Francisco is going to get rid of Steve Wilkes and Aaron Glenn in Detroit. I think his contract is up and I think he's done a nice job with that Lions de defense. So Aaron Glenn, um, I don't know, could be somebody there, but again, that's not the MO of the Eagles. You're talking guys about people that are outside the building. They like to elevate from in because they know the culture inside the building. He asked about Brian Burns before Tepper extended him. Yeah, but he's a free agent now. He's 25. He makes 21.7. And he's a free agent. You can't draft him. I would trade. I'd give you the 25th pick for Brian Burns. Shit, man. The Rams, the Rams were told that Carolina wants two ones for him. Carolina's not getting two ones for Brian Burns. You might get a one, a two, and a three for him. He's that good. Brian Burns is going to be traded because Carolina needs draft choices. They need picks because they're moving up to get the quarterback. And here's the problem. David, David Tepper, is he's so obnoxiously involved in day-to-day -day football operations and decision makings that it's on I don't I don't think you can succeed there with him. So you you have to manage him if you take that job. If you take the Carolina GM job or the Carolina head coaching job, just be prepared be prepared to be fired in 2 years or maybe even at the end of a particular year. This guy has the patience of a stock trader. And see, he's a stock trader. He, he's not a long-term investment guy that invests in annuities. You know what you do when you invest in annuities? And I worked on Wall Street. 
when you're an investment and you put a portfolio together, you usually put about 60% of your portfolio when it comes to annuities and things that will mature in either 5, 10, or 20, or 25 years. They're called it's security of your portfolio. Then you have a percentage that's in your portfolio where you're going to do day-to-day stock trading if you want to do that. So if you do that, you're, you're risking 10% of your portfolio or 15% of your portfolio. That's not going to be catastrophic. The people that go out and are day traders, they want to go to the people and people that have long-term investment. That's not who they want. They don't like long-term investment. David Tepper is a hedge fund. Hedge funds are not for long-term. They're short-term investments. It's turnover. They want turnover stocks immediately. They don't want to go into waste management. They don't want to go into Sara Lee. They don't want to go into Intel Z. They don't want to go into stocks like that. The safest and the greatest stock on the planet is waste management. Why? People got to throw the trash away. It's recession-proof. Always remember, waste management's the greatest stock you could ever be in. You got to throw your trash away. Whether it's a poor economy or a great economy, doesn't matter. Okay? <laughs> right? It, it, it doesn't matter. It's the most non-volatile stock you could trade for. And Sarah Lee's a great stock because why? You got phenomenal management at Sarah Lee. You got Nabisco, you got all that stuff in there. All those people are great executives. You know, I mean, tremendous executives are at Sarah Lee. Many of the people that come out of the Carnegie School of Business, they, and, and Wharton, all go to Sarah Lee and they have a school themselves. And what they do is many of those people go and run other Fortune 500 companies like Pepsi or PepsiCo. It's a great company. Okay. General Electric is a really good stock, but again, you got to remember it's volatile because they're so diverse in what they have. With it, you know, my uncle has a ton of stock in General Electric, and it goes up and down like this because they're diverse. They just make toasters. <laughs> they make weapons. Also, they're in the weapons department. They make a lot of things. They make engines for uh, airliners. Okay. It's hey. How about something here that we haven't talked about? How about a guy like, you know, Tone's right about Patrick Queen. You're not going to look at a guy like Patrick Queen. You will look at Devin White. Do you think this organization, and I ask you this, do you think this organization will change their opinion on how they value the linebacker position, seeing what they've seen this last year? Do you think they'll change their philosophy? How about this? You think Jeffrey Laurie will make them change their philosophy? Because doesn't it get to a point when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and it's a mistake? Doesn't Jeffrey Lurie parachute in and go, what are we doing here? As much as he loves and as much as he respects Howie, 
I got, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't quite, he's already questioned him once in his history by firing him or demoting him. He's already done that once. So it's not beneath him to do it again. Wait a minute, James. Okay. Wait a minute. He's done that once already. He's done it once. He demoted him. Isn't it funny? Think about what they did. They treated Howie Roseman the same way they treated Sean Desai. They gave him another chair in the building and didn't want him to leave. Huh. Interesting. Desai got the Howie Roseman treatment. I wonder if they positioned it that way to him. Hey, I got demoted. It's not a big deal. We still want you here. We still think you're part of the organization. And I wonder how he, if how he positioned it that way to him. Right? Think about that, Yale. Maybe they had that conversation. Hey, listen here, Sean. I've been demoted. No one's asking you to leave. No one's asking, no one's telling you you're fired. We're just going to get a different voice here and maybe a different perspective. We don't want you to go. It sure looks the same. Okay. Dan, if the Bucks don't win Sunday plus a playoff game, the Glazers have a track record of being big-time game hunters when it comes to coaches and quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is going to Tampa. Raymond, I think Cousins will be in Tampa. That's where I think he lands. I think he lands in Tampa. Okay? I think Jason Light will make that, and it's a $30 million probably number. million. I think it's probably going to be somewhere 35 million. And okay. And I think, you know what? And I think they're going to let Mike Evans roll. He's 30. They're not going to pay him $20 million. And I could see them going into the draft and drafting a running back um, or excuse me, a wide receiver in the draft and getting one of the talented wide receivers coming out into the draft. Um, and, and and going that route and having Cousins as a starting quarterback, I, I think they'll move off of Mayfield because you can upgrade with um, – I, if I can upgrade – now, if I'm not going to – if I can't upgrade from Mayfield, I'll keep Mayfield and I'll pay him a couple extra million dollars. But if I can get Kirk Cousins, I'll bring Cousins in as a stopgap guy so that I can find my guy and let's see what happens. And if we happen to tank and suck – We'll get a high pick the following year because the Buccaneers, remember, they're paying bills now. What makes what the Rams are doing is insane because the Rams also push their chips in and they're still paying bills for their Super Bowl. The Bucs are paying bills for their Super Bowl right now because they, remember, they all ran it back. Well, when you run it back, what happens when you run it back? You run those contracts back. You understand that. 
When you run something back, it's not just about the players coming back. It's running those contracts back, which means you got to eventually, you know, it's like taking a loan out. There's a higher interest rate. And the Bucks are paying that interest rate out now. And that's why they've wobbled in that roster. And that's why they can't re-sign Devin White. They're not going to be able to re-sign Antonio Winfield Jr., in my opinion. I don't think they will. Hey, Peter, um, Todd Munkin, in my opinion, um, I think he's got to be one of the hottest um, commodities to be a head head football coach in what he's done with with Lamar. I think you're going to see Frank Smith the offensive coordinator that works down in there with Miami with the head coach who I really like the offensive coordinator. Look what he's done with Tua. Uh, Thomas Brown, Carolina Panthers. I think he's good. I think he's just in a shitty situation with David Tepper. Now, Brian Schottenheimer is working in Dallas with Dak Prescott and he's working with Mike McCarthy. You know, Brian Schottenheimer has done a really nice job behind the scene working with Dak. Dex had a really great year. Brian Schottenheimer should absolutely get some love for what he's done with Dak this year. It's it's not just been Mike McCarthy. It's been Brian Schottenheimer, too, that's been involved in that. Uh, Kellen Moore, I'm not a fan of. You know, his name's being thrown around as a potential. I, I just, I mean, Justin Herbert got worse. Dak got better. How could that be a positive for you to potentially get a head coaching job? Okay. I mean, how, how can that possibly be where you look at Kellen Moore and go, Hey, Kellen Moore is a great, he's a great potential candidate to be a head coach. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. Justin Herbert regressed and Dak Prescott got better. Okay. Sills Lions should be the second seed. Are they the second best team in the NFC? Cowboys should have lost that game for sure. The league and Dan Campbell screwed that thing up. Is can Dallas go to Detroit? No, that game would be in Dallas. Because the only place that Dallas can't play would be in San Francisco because San Francisco's got home field. Dallas is assured as of right now, if they win that Washington game, they're assured of having two home games. Okay? They're assured of two home games. Okay? Seals, will any team trade with the Bears for Caleb Williams? I think that's a great decision. Do you stick with Justin Fields? You know, I'm going to say this to you. Tone and everybody, I don't I don't know how you guys look at Justin Fields. But I got to tell you guys. I like the kid. I'm starting to come around on him. I think he works hard. I I don't, there's something that makes me not want to quit on him. I just don't know if, 
I think the Bears bring him back with a different head coach. I think he deserves another shot. I like the guy too, Tone. I you get this. If Chicago brings Justin Fields back, I want a different coach with him. I'd love to see a guy like Todd Munkin coaching him. Okay? I don't think Eberflus is their biggest problem. It, it, but see, again, but here, 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 Tone, here's the problem that they have. Name me a quarterback that's played in Chicago in the last 70 years where you went, wow, they know how to develop quarterbacks. Who, Jim McMahon? Name me one. The kid that took him to the Super Bowl, Rex Grossman? Name me one guy. You know, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, you got to move off the guy. But as he's played on, I'm, I'm like this. I don't know. Jay Cutler? Really? Jay Cutler is the best you can come up with in the last 70 years since Sid Luckman. I thought you didn't like dual threat. I don't. But he's in Chicago. They traded him or they drafted him. That's their choice. And if they drafted him, you should try to fit and do what they're doing in Baltimore to help him. I wouldn't have drafted him, but they did. I'm not talking about what I and how who I would draft. Marshall, they drafted him. I'm talking about reality here. Why would you move off that guy? I think Caleb Williams is overrated. Personally, I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. And if I'm going to pick a quarterback, it's coming out of the draft, I'm going to take the kid from Washington because I like Michael Penix Jr. more than I like Caleb Williams. There's just something about Caleb Williams. I don't, I don't like Caleb Williams. I don't see it. He can't win big games. Just because you have a preference doesn't mean you can't acknowledge his talent. And that's, I know people, some people are just simple. Right. They can't, they, they think because I said Chicago should keep him. I thought you don't like dual quarterbacks. I don't. I'll tell you what I do like though, is 80 touchdowns and a hundred first downs between Hertz and Allen. Now that I've heard that number, I won't lie to you. I actually like that number. Okay, I can work with that. I actually like that. That's an insane number. So Tone and I both went like this. So Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen this year have 80 total touchdowns combined in 100 first downs. (laughs) Hey, man, I won't lie. I like that. 100 first downs between the two of them. I know, Big Marshall, it's all good, man. <clears throat> Tone, I, I don't know. I know the 37 turnovers. But wait a minute. 100 first downs. Whew. Good night. 80 touchdowns, 37 turnovers. Yeah. Can I live with it? Can we get better next year to get the turnovers turned down a little bit? We turn the hey, let's turn the turnovers down a little bit. 
man, you mean that guy's capable of giving me 66 to 70 first downs? Shit. I'm going to win a ton of games, man. Damn. Dude, if Jalen Hurts had nine and Allen had 10 turnovers, it'd be a slam dunk between those two for MVP. It'd be a slam dunk. No one would be close, especially in a down year where no one's going to throw for 5,000 yards. Remember, those first downs are only run. Oh, my God. Think of that. These two dudes had 100 first downs only running the ball, and they're $50 million quarterbacks. Freaking unbelievable. Dude, that makes me like Hurts a lot. I didn't – man, when I look at the guy and I – when I look at Hurts and I see – and I hear that, and I'm like – he has 70 rushing touchdowns and almost 40 touchdowns or 40. Yes. Almost 70 first downs and 40 touchdowns. I don't, I mean, I, I didn't see that. That's impressive. I had no idea Hertz and Allen were having such similar seasons. He says I'm floored. Here's the thing. There's a chance. Think about this, Tone. There's a chance that both these quarterbacks, okay, because Allen has to play this weekend to win the East, and Hertz has to play. So both these guys could throw for 8,000 yards, okay, over 55 touchdowns. Passing over 30 touchdowns rushing. Okay. And over a hundred rushing first downs. What, what do you take it? What, what's your takeaway on that? That's insane. 8,000. 8,000 passing yards. Eight thousand passing yards and 80 touchdowns. Well, I know the turnovers are high, but shit. You, you, hey, you're wearing me out in a good way. 8,000 passing yards and 80 touchdowns total. And those guys aren't pro bowlers. I'll take that back on Stafford. <laughs> hey, I'll take that back on Stafford. Dude. And and, and Josh Allen should be in the um, – because get this. Personally, I think Josh Allen had a better season than Patrick Mahomes did. I don't think Patrick Mahomes had a better season than Josh Allen. But he got it in there because he's Patrick Mahomes. He didn't have a better season. And over a thousand yards rushing between the two. That's freaking unbelievable, man. That is unbelievable. Wow. When you really dissect these guys' years, 
it's totally the shitty turnovers. But when you look at the production, it's off the charts. They're the most productive players in the league. Lamar's got to be up there too, but he's nowhere in that league. Dude, that guy doesn't – there's not a chance Lamar Jackson is going to have 40 touchdowns. Am I wrong with that? Tone, is that right? Is he going to have 40 touchdowns? There's no way he's going to even have 20 touchdown passes. No way. Hertz is going to have 40 touchdowns total. Um, Allen already has 42. There's not a chance. I would say that Lamar's probably hanging around 35 total touchdowns. Jackson has 29 TDs right now. So he's got 29 passing. No, he's got 29 total touchdowns. Think about that. Five rushing, 24 passing. And Hertz and Allen, one's got 42, the other's got 38. Both are going to be over 40. And both are going to be over 4,000 passing. And combined are 1,000 yards rushing. Lamar? Really? Let me take a time out. Philly Godfather is going to join us. We're going to help you make some money. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower. 
on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. this right Aaron Rodgers has been named Mr. Inspirational (laughs) this is where I'm going to go with this and I'm going to tell you that hey I don't care he's an asshole I don't care he's a jackass I don't care he's a dick I don't care he um as long as he can produce, that's fine. I'll tolerate this guy. He's a jackass. Okay. Four-time MVP is all I care about. Do I want to bring this guy over to my house? No. Do I want to hang out with him? No. Would I hate him as a human? Yes. All of that. But I don't care. That's not my responsibility to be his buddy. It's not my job to who you ever put in the locker room. You have to remember something. This is not the players when it comes to having to play with stupid asses and people like Aaron Rodgers. Organizations put assholes in the locker room. Players don't put assholes in the locker room. Or there wouldn't be. Organizations do this. They're the ones that mismatch locker rooms. They're the ones that get locker rooms wrong. They're the ones that pick people put them in a group of people, and it doesn't fit. It's not the players. Players don't pick these guys. It's nobody on that Jets team in a million years would ever make the mistake of saying Aaron Rodgers is my friend. But what you do is you say, I want to play with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers gives me the best chance of doing what? Making all my incentives. I've got a chance to win 10, 11 games with that guy versus winning two games with Zach Wilson. Who feeds my family? Aaron Rodgers. This has nothing to do with who the better man is. This is the man that gives me the better chance of making my money. You got to start talking and acting like professionals, folks, not who guy and what guys are assholes and not assholes. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. Organizations put bad people in rooms all the time. You got to remember, it's nothing to do with you. But people go, how could you play with a guy like that? How could I play with a guy like that? Because how we put him in the locker room. I've got to tolerate a guy like that. And I will if he helps me get my money. Some of you look at it wrong. Well, the players, this is, how could you have a guy like that in your locker room? What do you mean how can you have a guy like that in my locker room? It's not my football team. Shit, it's not even my roster. 
It's organizations do that stuff. They're the ones that put bad guys in rooms, bad seeds or bad character guys. You think players go out and go, hey, give me the worst character guy we could possibly find and put him in our locker room. Of course not. Nobody wants to show up to work with assholes in the room. Organizations do that. They don't care. And at the end of the day, the NFL player doesn't care. Can that guy help me win games and make money? And the story. And help me win games and making money. You know what that means? The result is winning. I want to make money and win games. Both are synonymous with each other. Other than that, nothing's relevant. Well, he's not a good guy. I don't care. Hey, he's a really nice guy. I don't care. That has no bearing on me making money and winning games, whether he's a good guy or a shitty guy. That's the NFL and how the NFL's run. If you come from that place, you'll know how the players feel about how they get treated in the building. The media wants to make it so that, well, the players have lost the locker room. No. Who are the people you put in the locker room? Can I tell you how and how the Eagles have lost that locker? How do you think the Eagles have lost that locker room? Or Nick Sirianni's lost the locker room? What would be the best example? What would be a comment that you would make on why the Eagles have lost the locker room? Why, why would you say that? What would, what would, what would you put? In the conversation. Okay. Seals, you are the media. I am. I don't act like those assholes. I don't pretend to know anything. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a reporter. I'm none of those things. I'm a sports entertainer, plain and simple. And I've been that for 30 years. I've never claimed to be. I'm no reporter. I don't want to be. Airing frustrations in public? How about this? You know how you lose a locker room? Put bad players in it. Did you hear me, Tone? You want to lose a locker room? Keep putting bad players in it. That's how you lose a locker room. Keep putting bad coaches in it. That's how you lose a locker room. Plain and simple. Think simple. Bad coaches, bad players. You want to lose a locker room? That's how you lose a locker room. Whether a guy's a good dude or not has nothing to do with it. Can he play? Is he a good coach? End of story. That's how you lose a locker room. Bad coaching, bad players. And that's why the Eagles are in the position they're in. Bad coaching, bad players. You have an unbalanced roster. Get a really fine group of offensive stars. Okay? And you've got a group on defense that's doing their, hey, you know what's crazy? you got a bunch of guys on defense 
that's doing the best they possibly can with the limited talent they have, both coaching and, by the way, it's a massive mistake. And another organizational mistake to have gone from Desai to Patricia. You should have at least stayed with it. And if you wanted to change it, change it in the offseason. You're actually worse. You're actually worse. Simple. That's how you lose a locker room. You lose a locker room because you're not fundamentally doing it correctly. Bad players, bad coaching, meddling. I think we lose Sunday. I don't. I don't think you covered a four and a half. You give them the benefit of the doubt. Wait till it's all over. Right. And and and, and Yale, they fired him when he was 10 and 2. And he had beaten Miami and Kansas City. And so he had, the whole thing fell apart against the Niners. It was a panic. And then you put Patricia in a position to put Bradbury in a, in a man cover situation. It was a remedy for disaster. He made it worse. He made it worse. Should have just rolled with it. They should have just rolled with it. Rico goes, Seth Joyner, head coach or DC. They don't want anybody like that in that building. Or they would have had Denard Wilson. They, hey, Rico, they had Seth Joyner and they let him go. And Denard Wilson, they had Seth Joyner. They had the guy. Telling you, the interview process must have been interesting. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when they asked and interviewed Denard Wilson. You know, it's funny. I'll give you an example of interviewing somebody and not giving a guy a benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you'll love this. So... You guys know who Theo Epstein is? You guys know who Theo Epstein is? Some of you may not know this, but I worked on the uh, pregame show for the Padres. And you guys know who Larry Lucchino is? Larry Lucchino was the former president of the Red Sox. He was also the former president of the Padres. And you know who his understudy was? Theo Epstein. When Larry Lucchino left for Boston and they were interviewing for a guy who believed in analytics and believed in player development and Theo Epstein, they interviewed him, thought he was too young and didn't think he really had it and said that this guy needs a couple more years. The Padres have sucked since 1969. 
They've thrown a ton of money out and got no result. Basically wasted money and broke the hearts of fans. You spent all that money, got no return. Except increasing the wealth of the franchise and season tickets. And if that's what we're talking about, okay. But don't lie to the fan base. Of signing the Manny Machados and the Fernando Tatises and bringing the kid in from Tampa and all that, that was great. Resulted in nothing. And Epstein goes to Boston because they they elevate Larry Lachino, the president, brought him in as GM. He delivers his World Series in Boston. What does he do? Then he get, goes over and he goes to Chicago. And he's there in Chicago and he delivers a World Series in Chicago. They're going to build statues of that guy in two cities that you used to, the last time they won World Series, you had to ride a horse in Boston and in Chicago the last time those teams won World Series. And that guy was responsible for both places. He's a Hall of Fame GM. And the Padres, my point is the Padres had him and you missed him. Sometimes you have a guy in your organization, you miss. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had Joe Gibbs. Okay, the Buccaneers had Joe Gibbs in the building. And they let Joe Gibbs walk out the building. And Joe Gibbs walked to Washington and then delivered three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. That's how you miss when it comes to not knowing and identifying talent. I'll tell you this, man. It's a pretty good four-man race right now for general manager in the NFL. Eric DaCosta in Baltimore. Andrew Barry in... How about Andrew? Get this. Let me show you how to dig yourself out. of. Look at all the situations. Think about this, guys. So Andrew Barry, how do you think they're feeling about him right... Hey, how do you think they're feeling about him right now, even in the hindsight of signing Deshaun Watson? to a $230 million guaranteed contract. How do you think the fan base and how the league looks at Andrew Barry right now, do you think they look at him in a positive light? Do you think you look at Andrew Barry as a really good general manager in Cleveland? Senor goes like a dummy. They played with five different quarterbacks. They won 11 ball games. They could win 12. And they're going to the playoffs and they could win the Super Bowl. Like it's dumb. Eric DeCosta in Baltimore, that whole train wreck last year. And on top of that, you got to deal with the player's mom. Mrs. Jackson, um, you know, we're kind of at a standstill here. This is our position. Well, we want more. I know you do, ma'am. You know, you, you know how 
uncomfortable that negotiation must have been to keep him in the building and not make it into a train wreck. Your bedside manner as a GM must have had every single test thrown to it in negotiations for Lamar Jackson. That thing must have been unbelievable. And then on the top of it, Baltimore has every right to go like this. Hey, you know what? The guy gets hurt a lot. We might want to put, you know, an injury clause in this. They never did. They never did that. Instead, they changed the room by hiring a quality coordinator so that they didn't put him in a position so he had to do that. They took care of him financially and health-wise to try to give them a long window for a Super Bowl opportunity. It's pretty remarkable. They handled that like a super... Now, you got to remember something. Eric DaCosta, um, he, he, he's been trained by Ozzie Newsom in that organization. Baltimore is so good. By the way, I like Snoop Hunley. I told you earlier, I like that kid. He's another South Florida kid. He went to Utah. Kyle Winningham told me all about him years ago. I'll tell you what, man. If you called Baltimore, I guarantee you Baltimore wouldn't give anything up for less than a third round for that guy. He can play. He almost, hey, Tone, am I right? Didn't he almost beat Miami last year in the playoffs? Didn't that kid almost beat Miami last year? It was him, right? That Baltimore almost beat that team. If I'm not mistaken, I thought he was the guy that almost beat them. He's a good football. No, it was at the end of the year. It was at the end of the year, and it might have been the playoffs or the end of the year where he almost beat them dudes. Cincinnati. He almost beat Cincinnati. That's right. He almost beat Joe Burrow. That's right. That kid can play, man. Speaking of a dude that doesn't play. I'm going to start calling him Philly Godfather in play. Like kid in play. This dude has been balls on this year. Look at the, I'm going to give him, before I bring him on, one of the legendary lines in the history of Dallas Cowboy football. You ready? How about them Cowboys? Let's bring in Philly Godfather. You got me laughing, Dan, so hard. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Oh, man, I lead a charmed life. I mean, Michigan's in the final. I gave them to you guys before the season started at 9-1. to one. We gave you Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman at 12-1. to one. We gave you Washington to win the Pac-12 at plus 500. And we also gave you the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East at 2-1. to one. Damn, man. All right, hey, real quick, who you got in Monday's championship game? Michigan or Washington? I'll tell you what, that kid Michael Penix can play. Yeah, he's a, he scares me. You know, I got futures on Michigan. Line opened up three and a half, four, went up to as high as five and a half, and then we saw some resistance in the market, brought it right back down to four and a half where it currently sits. I just don't think Washington has faced a defense like this all season. If you look at the best pass rush they faced all year, it was against Oregon State, and Oregon State wasn't a complete team, and they barely beat that team 22-20. And now you're playing arguably the best pass rush 
in college football. And I told everyone how soft that Alabama offensive line was. I told them on Twitter, Michigan's going to run right through them. And that's exactly what happened. And to be honest, if Michigan didn't commit all those mistakes, they probably would have won the game by 20 points. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. Can you imagine with all the suspensions, all the shit that went on with Michigan, that guy Connor, what's his name, was in the in the stands at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I mean, are they not the modern-day Raiders the way they – don't they act like the Raiders and the Patriot Belichick teams back in the day that they're just something on the grade line that these guys do? And to me, I like it. I I, I like it. I, I like the bad guy image that he has. This guy's crazy great. I, I love it. I mean, it was, like we said, when they suspended him, I mean, I think it worked against every other team in college football. Those kids are fighting for him. Everyone's cheering for him. It kind of brought everyone together. Um, and, it, you know, it gave them the mentality that we're not going to be beat. And now they're going to play a Huskies team that the public's all over. I'm surprised. The early action, the recreational sports better, eight out of every ten tickets played so far has been on Washington. So the huh. guys bet Washington like they already know who's going to win the game. And Michigan's probably one of the best teams I've seen in a long time. I also bet J.J. McCarthy over uh, 195 and a half passing yards. I think he's going to light that Washington defense up this week. It's a slam dunk. Lamar Jackson's the MVP, right? Yeah, it's over. It's done. It's done. Yeah. He don't have the best numbers. Dak has the best numbers of any quarterback. But he's beaten some good teams. And that Ravens team – I mean, they're the second odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl behind the San Francisco 49ers at 3-1. to one. So he's going to be the youngest guy ever to win two MVPs in a regular season. I mean, he's been playing lights out. We talked about it before the season started. You asked me if I thought he could have another MVP season, and I was all for it. I thought he could. You asked me about this Ravens team, and I said, yeah, I think this might be the year with the Chiefs falling off and a couple of the other teams in the AFC not as, you know, not as good. The Buffalo Bills fell off early. I thought the Ravens got a shot to get there. Now I'm hoping they they play the Browns in the championship because I do have futures on the Browns at 40 to one, and uh, Stefanski's coach of the year. That's a done deal already as well. So look what he's done with a team that was all banged up all season, and it just shows you how good the nucleus of that Cleveland Browns team was for them to overcome all these injuries. I mean, Chubb, you got Watson, and they're still right there. And they're beating teams, and they're the biggest threat to the Ravens getting to the Super Bowl in the playoffs this season. All right, let's get to the Eagles Sunday against the Gigantes. Jalen Hurts needs 197 yards to go for 4,000, and he probably needs like 240-something yards to break Carson Wentz's all-time single-season passing yard mark. First, let's do this. Does he get 4,000 passing yards? He should if they don't sit him in the second half. I mean, if the Cowboys come out and they're 13-point favorites over the Commanders and they're blowing out the Commanders, I mean, why would you play him in the second half? You know, he can only get hurt. So if he plays the entire game, yeah, he, I think he I think he goes over his passing yards. I think he gets there. Does he break Wentz's record? 240 against that horrible pass defense of the Giants, even though they've been playing a little better. Uh, Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, they're not going to have as many possessions as they usually would against a, you know, a Tommy DeVito-led Giants team. 240. Carson Wentz is playing for the Rams, so that's funny. Um, if he plays the full game, yeah, I think he gets there. Yeah. Who has more passing yards this weekend, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? <laughs> uh, I mean, the backups. The 49ers are, are probably going to sit everybody. Yeah, yeah, they're going to sit everyone. They're playing all their backups. Uh, but when's the last time Carson Wentz? I, I think Hurts oh. 
I mean, what's last year? Yeah, you know, it's great. You got to get adjusted to game speed. I mean, you were a great football player, college football, NFL player. You know, that game speed, it'll take you a little bit of time to get adjusted to it. And I just hope Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. Let's get into the games. Saturday. What a, I don't know because Pittsburgh, there's still an outside shot, right? Yeah. Godfather that they could make the playoffs. So I'm going to say Pittsburgh wins that ball game or Tyler Huntley can play, man. He's a good ball player. I just wonder how many of the starters in the O line. Baltimore's going to play. They've wrapped up home field. I can't think there's going to be a lot of frontline guys. Do you lean towards Pittsburgh taking this one here or are the points too out of whack for you to take Pittsburgh? I mean, it's up to three now. Pittsburgh's a three-point favorite. It, it did get it did reach as high as four. But if you look over the last few seasons, even when Baltimore was healthy, Pittsburgh's beaten them, I think, four of the last six times uh, with a healthy Lamar Jackson. So they've always given the Ravens some problems. Uh, the Ravens, if anything, for, if you're looking to bet them, I would bet them in the first half. I keep going back and forth on this game, man. So I, I'm not really going to – I don't think I'll fire until before game time. But uh, if you're looking at the Ravens, I think the first half play is better uh, than the full game line. Uh, but I'm not looking to bet this game. There's just too much uncertainty. Yeah. Anytime, you know, I want to put some money down. I got to be – you know, I got to have an educated guess which way the game's going to go. And right now, I got no clue who's playing and who's not playing. This is really, I think, the playoffs start here for these two teams, if I'm not mistaken, right? Houston and Indy. These two teams, this is like a playoff. This is like an extra wild card game here in a way because these two teams have a lot on the line, Indy and Houston, fighting for playoff spot. And Houston, if I'm not mistaken, depending on what the Jags do, they're actually still in play now for the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought? We we gave them out on your show at the beginning of the season, over five and a half wins. I didn't expect them to be this good. But their defense has been playing lights out. CJ's back. Uh, line originally opened up Colts minus one and a half. Now it's flip-flop. It's anywhere from minus one, one and a half on the Texans. Oh, since week 10, the Texans defense has been playing lights out. I think they're top 10 in uh, defensive EPA, while the Colts are ranked like 21 or 22. They got the better quarterback, better roster overall. I mean, Minshew's been fun watching them play, but I think the Texans are just the better team overall. Uh, I think you can pencil the Texans into the playoffs here. I think they win the game. I bet them on the money line. Uh, I think they're the better squad going into this game. They got the better quarterback. And uh, the Colts really, like the last four weeks, I think they're one and three against the spread. So they've been underperforming against the market. And that's, a, to me, that's a predictive indicator that their you know, level of play have, has fallen off over the last four weeks. So I, I like the Texans here. I got, guess who has been? According to Pro Football Focus, the best edge rusher in the last three weeks. I got no clue who is it. Eric Barnett. Oh. <laughs> Two and a half sacks, fifteen hits on the QB. Okay, I mean pressures out the way. He's rated the best edge rusher in the last three weeks by Pro Football Focus. Wow. Eric Barnett. The Eagles. The Eagles could have used him. Cut him. They're ranked like 25th in uh, sack percentage pressure rate this season, and they've been falling off, you know, consistently since like week five, week six of the season. And they're not, they're not getting that pressure they were getting early on, and that's been a major problem, especially with like I think they're ranked 28th in opponent yards per pass time, one of the worst backfields in the, the entire league. We talked about it all season, and like I said, you know, when the season started, uh, if this defensive line wasn't so good, then they'd probably have the worst pass defense in football, and that's what it's looking like now. Yeah. I'm gonna wait to the end for Giants and Eagles. So we're going to do it at the very end here. Cleveland at Cincinnati. 
Cleveland, um, probably still jockeying around for, and I don't know if they can improve their playoff position where they're sitting right now or not, but boy, I'll tell you this. And from what I'm hearing, they're going to sit Flacco. So that probably favors Cincinnati, but Hey, how much are you? Is that a good bet for potentially being a Super Bowl winner, the Cleveland Browns? Would you put a, like a, a bet on that, that those guys, he he four straight games over 300 yards. I mean, they've been killing it. I mean, it, it, is, is that a bet you would throw out there, or is it, again, that's just too far out there? I bet him at the beginning of the season at 40 to 1. I got $3,000 on him. I got Holy the ticket God. on my Twitter account. If they do win the Super Bowl, I win $120,000. Now, I don't think they're going to get there. I really bet the ticket expecting the hedge in the playoffs. And I'm hoping the Ravens, I mean, they match up well against the Ravens, but, you know, Lamar is Lamar. I mean, he can extend plays and he can really cause some damage on that defensive side. But Flacco's been playing great. And if they do win the Super Bowl, it's got to be one of the greatest stories in NFL history. The guy was on his couch, comes back, and uh, he got a shot. If you're looking to hedge maybe and make some free money, I think it's a sharp bet. But I think you still grab him at, like, 30 to 1 or 35 to 1. I got him at 40 to 1. Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. It's like a little bit of a lottery ticket, like a scratch off with a chance to, you know, make you back some some money. Minnesota at Detroit. Are you buying Detroit? Do you think there are players? You know, theoretically, they had that Cowboy game three times. Okay. And it was Dan Campbell going for it. I think that was a I think that was a mistake. And also the ref blew the call, in my opinion. I don't care what they say. Um, you know, I don't know. It was really freaky at the end of that. I thought they won that game. But, however, you know, they still didn't. Are you buying Detroit? Yeah, I mean, they're a good team. They're one of the best teams. If you look at their against the spread uh, record, against that Vegas number, one of the best in the NFL this season, top five. So teams that outperform the market are usually better than what the odds makers think. And we bet them at the beginning of the season. Another bet I gave you guys, Detroit Lions to win the NFC North at plus 160. And that was probably like one of my biggest bets of the season. I just thought they were so far ahead of everyone else in that division. Uh, yeah, they're for real. Um, they, they can definitely make some noise. I mean, it, it's it's the Cowboys, it's the 49ers, and it's them in the NFC. And I don't think anyone else can – you know, the people are want to talk about the Eagles and they got some guys coming back on defense for the playoffs – but I, I don't think they're in that echelon right now. You know what? I think Mike Vrabel's going to have that team playing Tennessee. Jacksonville has to win this game to win the South. How do you look at this one here? I mean, as long as Lawrence plays, I, I took the Jags minus two and a half, expecting him to play. I talked to pro football doc, and it's trending that he's going to play. Um, that offensive line on that Titans team, Third most, they've given up third most sacks on the season. So they got major issues. Yeah, they would love to, you know, go and they got nothing to lose playing the Jags here. But if the Jags jump out to an early start like they did the first time they played when the Jags jumped out 13 nothing at halftime, then there's really nothing to play for. Forget about having nothing to lose. You're down. The season's over. I think those veterans in the second half are going to pack it in. I like the Jags here in the first half, minus two and a half. I think that, that'll, that'll win you some money. Uh, I think the Jags are in the playoffs. I think they win the division. Okay, what do you do with a game like the Jets and the Patriots? Nothing? I mean, they're getting one and a half points. If you want to do something, I would time into a teaser, a seven-point teaser, so you can get plus eight and a half on the Jets. And I would tease Belichick's going to want to go out a winner, right? Yeah. 
But, I mean, the, the Patriots are all banged up. I mean, the Jets are just so much healthier than this team going into this game. I look at their SIC score, their injury score, and the Jets are 12 points higher. So as much as they want to win for Belichick, uh, they're really banged up. And if I can grab eight and a half points on the Jets in a teaser and tease down the Bengals to a pick them because the Bengals are seven-point favorites over the Browns because the Browns are going to sit everybody, that's a bet I want to make. I want to take the Bengals at a pick, and I want to take the Jets plus eight and a half. So put them in a seven-point teaser, and you'll probably make some money. They should activate Jerry Garcia, uh, Aaron Rodgers in this thing here. Maybe <laughs> we'd have a we'd, <laughs> we can activate him. You know what? Atlanta, New Orleans. This is an important game because these two teams are still in the mix for the NFC South here, man. I know it's the shittiest division in football, but hey, you know, when somebody's got to win that division, and guess what? Whoever wins that division, the Eagles have to play. Hopefully they don't play the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers might give the Eagles some problems. But I think the Atlanta Falcons, you're getting three, three and a half points. Game's a coin flip. They still got a top five defense when you look at their metric and opponent yards per play. Uh, if it's a coin flip, give me the points. I, I like Atlanta here, plus three, plus three and a half. I think they cover the spread. Do the Bucs beat Carolina? Yeah, I think they beat them. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, they're four and a half point favorites. You know, the point spread's a great equalizer. Carolina's been playing so-so down the stretch. Uh, I think the Buccaneers want to go in there and, you know, nice clean victory, uh, some momentum going to the playoffs. If anything, if you want to bet them in the first half, minus two and a half, I think the Buccaneers are the right side. I got a new name for David uh, Tepper. It's David Tepperment. (laughs) 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 David Temperment, throwing drinks on Jack fans. Way to go, asshole. Let's go here now. Chicago Green Bay. Green Bay has a shot still to get in there. They got to win this ball game. And get this, the oldest rivalry in pro football is the Bears and the Packers here. And Justin Fields has played pretty decent, man. I mean, he's looked a lot better. How about this little nugget for you? In the last seven games, Jordan Love has thrown 16 touchdowns. He's got 31 on the year now. You talk about a guy who turned it all around here this year, really started playing pretty good. It's um, the uh, replacement for Aaron Rodgers. He's really had a nice year. Yeah, and early in the season, they were missing some offensive linemen. They were banged up. Yeah. Remember that Detroit game on Thursday night? Detroit went in there and just, you know, they blitzed him because they were missing so many guys. But now they're starting to get healthier. Their line opened up one and a half. It's up to three. It's on that key number. I think the game's a coin flip. The Bears have been playing a lot better. Their defenses have been playing a lot better. Justin Fields have been playing better. Um, This is tough. It's at Lambeau. The public's all over the Bears here. If you can get anything under a field goal on the, on, the, on the Packers, it's probably the right side. But I think the number's right there. At three, I think the number's right on it. Denver at the Raiders again here. Um, I think I, I think Denver's been eliminated. And here's the one thing. Antonio Pierce is still trying to make um, – he's trying to make some noise to make sure that he gets that job. I think he's four and four since he's taken over as the head football coach. So I got to think that Denver wants to go out on a win to kind of give themselves some good love here as they go into the offseason here. I think it's an interesting ball game. Yeah, I mean, the line's three. Uh, the public's all over the Raiders here. I think 90% of the action so far, early money in Costa Rica, in Las Vegas, in Atlantic City is on the Raiders. I haven't bet it yet. I haven't been able to identify an edge. Uh, if okay. I do, I'll give it out on Twitter. But I haven't, you know, I hate giving out picks that I haven't bet yet. You know what I mean, Dan? Yeah. All right, let's go over here now. 
Seattle's still in the mix in the NFC for the playoffs. And they got the hard-charging Arizona Gannons after they just annihilated. Hey, but by the way, how shocked were you that Arizona won that game against? <laughs> You're not shocked that Arizona killed the Eagles. That score wasn't in – hey, that score wasn't wasn't a true reflection of how bad they beat them. They should have beat them by 14 points. Well, how many times did we talk about it on your show this year that last year when the Eagles were a much better team, they went to Arizona and won by one point. And now, that you know, last week you were giving me 12, 13 points on an Arizona team with a coach that knows the Eagles like the back of their hand. I was all over Arizona plus the points, first half, full game. I bet the over. I knew there was going to be a ton of points scored. Did I expect them to win the game outright? Maybe like 30% of me, you know what I mean? But I knew they were going to cover. I knew it was going to be a close game, and the Eagles just crapped the bed, man. Let's be honest. You know, something's going on with, uh, you know, the wide receiver, the quarterback, the defense. There's a lot of stuff in the locker room that's going on that isn't good going into the playoffs. Let's be honest. You know, I don't want to talk about it, but there's something, something really going on back there. I like Arizona over Seattle. It's tough because, you know, it's at home. Yeah, it's tough playing up there. It's, it's tough, man, because you, you're coming off a big emotional win. You, you beat okay. the Eagles. That was their Super Bowl. Seattle it's, needs this. It's like a letdown spot. Uh, the line's, again, three. So the bookmakers ain't doing you any favors. I kind of like Seattle here. Kansas City at the loser Chargers. I mean, I, I don't think Mahomes is playing. Nah, a bunch of guys aren't going to be playing. Uh, so it's one of them things. They're all okay, the Chiefs are – the Chargers are favored, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I mean, that goes to tell you right there, the market's telling you that a bunch of guys from Kansas City ain't playing, Mahomes ain't playing. Uh, I'm not touching that game. I, I How hate about this? Like yeah. Okay. This is an interesting one. Last year they ended up uh, at the end, and Washington beat them. Dallas at Washington. How do you – again – Big time rival, Cowboys have the edge to win the East. Um, they're in the mix for a lot of things. Two home home playoff games, you know. I mean, they got the Eagles in the rear view with that gift from Arizona. This you think they went big here? This is a tricky game for the Cowboys. They're banged up on their offensive line. They're missing some guys. This is uh, reminding me of that Arizona game early in the season when they lost as 13-point favorites. Now, do I think the Cowboys lose? No. Do I think they cover the spread? No. The line's too high here. Uh, there's too many key components on their offensive line that's banged up going into this game. It's a division game. Uh, you, these games are really tough. Give, give me Commanders plus 13 points all day. Hey. <laughs> This is a very entertaining thing, I think. Buffalo at Miami. It's in South Florida. Miami has not beaten a quality team this year, in my opinion, at all. And as a matter of fact, when they play quality teams, they got blown out. There's no Jalen Waddle, um, and Tyree Kill is still a little banged up. Buffalo's been playing. They wobbled a little last week. Yeah. Okay. Against New England. But that's, you know, I mean, Belichick is always going to put a good defense up no matter what it is. His offense has been horrible. This is a pretty interesting ball game here. And Buffalo, if they win this ball game, they win the AFC East. This is actually for the AFC East. Yeah. You can lay 155, 160 on Buffalo to win the AFC East. Uh, last time I checked, 
I mean, Miami's limping into this one. Tyreek Hill was in a boot. His house, I think, caught on fire. Wild banged up. They lost their best pass rusher. Their offensive line's banged up. It's a tough game, man. And like you said, Buffalo's been red hot. They've won, what, five of the last six? And they should have beat the Eagles. They lost that game in overtime, but they really gifted that game to Philly. So this team has been playing some pretty good football. They got, what, the second or third best point differential in the AFC. Market open, Buffalo minus two. It's up to minus three in some spots, two and a half. I think the right side's Buffalo here, man. Anything under a field goal, I think Buffalo gets the job done. I think they win the division here. Uh, Miami's just too banged up. It's a bad spot for them. Uh, last time they played, Buffalo blew their doors out. I think this game's a little closer, but uh, I like Buffalo here. Man, I could see Buffalo and Baltimore in the AFC championship game. Yeah, that'd be a great game. And Buffalo's running the ball more, so they can hold on to the leads. That was the biggest thing on them. They never ran the ball. They couldn't run the ball, and teams would come back on them. And this year, they've showed the ability to run the ball and, uh, you know, win the time of possession battle. And that's huge in the playoffs, man. Okay, here we go. <laughs> go Birds! <laughs> Four and a half is, I believe, the spread. Giants hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, who have to actually – now, wait a minute. Before, before you give me your answer, let me throw this at you and think that if you were Philly, would you concede the East and rest your guys? to give your guys a complete week off where you're going. Cause if you play and nothing changes, you're not getting a week off and you're going to have to go on the road and play either Tampa, Atlanta, or Atlanta or new Orleans or one of them teams. You're going to have to play anyway on the road. If nothing changes, do you concede the East and do you rest your guys or do you play your guys against the Giants? I think you make that decision at halftime, depending on what the scores of the Cowboys. So you're scoreboard you watching. You have to, because, I mean, if you win the NFC East, you know, you don't got to go on the road. Let's be oh, honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think you got to. Now, if the Cowboys come out to, you know, a 30-3 to three lead at halftime, well, then you're going to have to rest your guys, make sure they don't get hurt. But I, I think they they got to play these guys. But it doesn't mean they're they're going to blow the Giants out. Giants are playing some pretty good football. They should have beat the Rams. You know, previous week they missed that field goal, and the Eagles haven't been, you know, haven't shown, you know, any fight over the last four or five weeks. Uh, I'm not looking to bet on the Eagles here, but I do like them in the first half a little bit. Uh, line opened up six; it went down to four and a half. Now it's creeping back up to five and a half, six on the Eagles. So I think they're expecting them to play their starters at least in the first half. Uh, I like the Eagles in the first half. If you can get a good number on them, anything below that key number of three, I think you win a ticket. Uh, but again, it's tough betting the full games. You know, last week of the season because you don't know what you know what the coaches are going to do in the second half of these football games. So I like the Eagles in the first half. See, this is why I think you take the Eagles, but then the four and a half kind of bugs me, and I'll tell you why. If you're the Giants and you win this game, you could potentially go from an opportunity to be the second hole in the a in the NFL draft in April, where if you lose this, there's a chance you could be the second pick in the draft. If you win this game, there's a chance that you could be out of the fifth pick. I mean, you got to look at a little bit of the organizational future here too. So if you win, you lose. If you lose, you win. And what's the point of one game? To make yourself feel better because you beat the Eagles? I don't think that's enough of a payoff for me where I could maybe get, get this, Marvin Harrison Jr. for Daniel Jones. I mean, it just doesn't make sense why I would go into that game and want to win it. I was thinking the same thing last year. I think it was the Bears who should have lost the game, and they would have. It was the Texans. Texans, and end up winning the game. So, 
Yeah, no. Lovey jammed it to him and gave him a parting <laughs> gift. Yeah. So sometimes these coaches throw common sense out the window, or they I, I don't know what really goes on, but you know, it seems like every time I start thinking that way, it ends up losing. You know, so I I you know, I gotta just bet what I see. Uh Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. Almost 400 yards in offense last week. Oh, he yeah, did have 400 yards. Yeah, and when, it's up to six. I mean, if the game gets to seven. Oh, I'm taking the six in the Giants. Yeah, if it, I would wait because the game might go to seven. The public's betting the Eagles uh, like crazy in this game. So if it goes to seven, that's such a key number. I would probably, you know, like I said, lay the Eagles in the first half and then take the seven on the Giants in the, in, for full game. And you probably win both bets, as crazy as that sounds. Do the Eagles win a playoff game, yes or no? It depends who they play, man. Uh, they don't match up well against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers playing some pretty good football right now. Uh, one of the best teams against the spread. They've been outperforming the market all season. They've been getting better as the year progressed. Baker looks better. They got some playmakers on offense. Uh, but they, they are getting some guys back. Ah, man, it depends who they If they play the Buccaneers, no. No, I think the Buccaneers <laughs> beat them in the first. Yeah. I'm just being honest. I mean, they can match up. Their defense is better than ours. You know, their offense, they've got playmakers like we do. Uh, Jalen Hurts turning the ball over like crazy. Where are the Eagles ranked? 24th in turnover margin, 28th in uh, pass defense, uh, 23rd in opponent yards. I mean, this defense, their sack percentage fell off. Now they're like in the basement of the NFL, getting to the quarterback. Man, it's scary. Hey, tell people where they can find you, my friend. You can find me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by the phillygodfather.com. Come on, man. Swing on going out. You got to get the big old swings. Go Cowboys! <laughs> hey, brother, I love you, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Make sure you check out my boy, Philly Godfather. Thank you, brother. Good luck, guys. Keep winning. You got it, man. I really appreciate you guys. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you 
There's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. some of your scores here as we close out here i got 2017 in a sloppy game i I think there's going to be a ton of scoreboard watching i think the giants are going to have a chance to come back because the eagles are going to pull their guys because the cowboys are going to win that game in washington and they're going to rest their players in the second half and that's why the game is close it's not because the giants are good it's because the eagles would have waved the white flag by halftime and conceding the NFC East. It's strategy. So they'll get half a game off. So I'll say Eagles 2017 um, and a sloppy ball game. 21-18, You really think there's going to be that much offense in a game where nobody's going to really want to play in? The Eagles don't want to play, and the Giants don't want to play. The Giants surely don't want to win this game because they still got draft choice stuff that's involved in this. 35-17, where have you blown a team out this year? You don't blow teams out. Blowing anyone out? Tell them, what was the score you had? This is going to be like a 13-6 game. I think he's right. He could be even more right than he knows, LJ. He could be more right. It's going to be some shit like that. I don't think it's going to be. I think Tone's got a big score, 31-23. Man, I don't know. I don't I really think people are going to be on the field that long to put 31 points up. I mean, I don't know. Uh, and now, if they have to play four quarters of football, <clears throat> oh, my God. Sirianni explains why he lied for Hurts and Brown. That's what a coach that's what a lot of coaches do, and that's something I've always done. And I've always thought when a coach did that for me was appreciative. Sirianni said, per Ruben Frank, NBC Sports, but also knew that coach was going to correct it after the fact. 
<laughs> Come on, man. I was in a good mood. I lied for someone else. What a guy. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom. This guy's a big. Hey, we big. I'm like, I, I listen. I want you guys to have a great weekend. And I hate tone. And I'm going to tell you why I hate tone. All week long since Monday, I've been thinking of an Oreo cake. And I totally hate the dude because I've had nightmares on that thing. I'm going to get me an Oreo cake today. <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting me an Oreo cake. I Sorry, Tone. Every day I've had, he goes, you know, since I ate my last bite. And I'm like, damn, he ate his last bite. Shit, I want a bite of that thing. <laughs> All right, man. Guys, have a great weekend. It's going to be a great weekend of football. We're going to know more about playoff seating um, next week. On Really, by Sunday, we'll know. On the playoff seating, don't forget to watch the uh, shows over the weekend. I know Tone and John McMullen do a show. I believe that's on Saturday, right, Tone? You guys do a show on Saturday. I think there's also maybe one tonight, if I'm not mistaken, too, that you guys will do something right after our program because I know you guys do some stuff uh, today and tomorrow, right? And so make sure you guys stay in touch with all of our shows, our pre-post game and halftime show on Sunday. We'll be with you on Monday, 2 to 6 Eastern time. And also, again, guys, we really appreciate it. Big Joe, Xander, thank you very much. We thank you. Have a great weekend. Tone, I love you, man. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hooters, the perfect pair.